my kind of peeps. All right. Once upon a time in a land far away, there lived a king named Bill Hampstead. Shit. And ruled by example, we never went thirsty, and we all had toys to play with. <laughs> God bless. Uh, I, I love how you have this title, the Bildo T. Baggins. That is, I open that up and it was laughing my ass off. So, thank you. I figured as much. I'm a boy. Alright, let's do this. You guys ready? Hey, 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 Leadheads, we are back with another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. Coming at you from the Lead Quarters, and we've got a great show lined up for you today. We will be continuing our interviews from the 2021 Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association National Convention in Rhode Island. We dropped uh, part one of that a couple episodes back, so make sure you go check that out. Uh, we had Jean, I'm going to mess her name up, Kanakogi on. Uh, she is a doctor, and she represents uh, FLEOA, and she's also a pretty interesting cat. She's got some, uh, some, did she write the book, or was it her mom that wrote the book? Both. Both. Her, she, it, it was her mom's memoirs, and she wrote the epilogue. Yeah. So uh, make sure you go back, check that episode out. We had Tony. Vernetti. I know, I was going to say Tony Fresh. I've been calling him Tony Fresh. (laughs) Tony Tony Vernetti with Feds. And uh, all these interviews were brought to you, uh, were made possible by Feds Protection. And uh, we had Tony on. He's the owner of Feds. And then we had some of our interviews tied in with that with some of the vendors that were there, which what we're going to tie in with this show, we're going to have Tour Knives. Brooksy, you guys know Brooksy, formerly with Buck Knives. He was he's with Tor Knives now. Uh, so we've got his first interview with Tor. We've got Geisley Automatics uh, that's going to be on this episode. We've got Enforce. We've got Invisio. And what was the other one, Bill? Daniel Defense. And Daniel Defense. Uh, we're going to tie all those in with this episode. Uh, but before we do that, I want to introduce our guest that we have, and you just heard. A familiar voice. That's Bill O.T. Baggins, our good buddy Bill Hampstead, joining us. It's been a minute since he's been on. So welcome in, Bill. Thanks, buddy. It has been. Happy to be back. Yeah, so you've been you've been busy, been blowing and going. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit. And then uh we got a new guy. I don't think you've ever been on the show before, have you, John? Nah, maiden voyage. Maiden voyage. Maiden maiden voyage. So Bill, I'm gonna let you introduce our new guest. Hello, everyone. Uh, please welcome in John Adler, president of the FLEO Foundation, former director of uh, Bureau of Justice Administration, and uh, longtime brother and close friend. So welcome in, John. Thanks, and, Bill. and a fellow leadhead, ladies yes, and gentlemen. That's right. John, John lives the leadhead lifestyle. He wears the shirts, drinks from the mugs, and uh, he, he preaches what we, uh, what we talk about here on the show. So, John, welcome in. It's a pleasure having you on, sir. Thank you, Marty. And, and just a- adding to my fictional resume, <laughs> also served uh, uh, 26 years in law enforcement and uh, was the chief firearms uh, training instructor and all that fun hand-to-hand shooting stuff, lead stuff for the United States Attorney's Office in the Sovereign District of New York for uh, many years. So uh, you're absolutely right. Lead is a comfort zone for me. 
Very good. Very good. We're going to uh, do our jack wagon train here in a minute. Going back to last episode, we had uh, Rennell Franklin with lockdown on, and uh, during a jack wagon train, I had made mention of a post that from our first episode of the uh, FLEOA conference had gotten a, a negative, kind of a negative uh, comment, negative feedback. And I think once you hear about these guys and their stance on firearms, uh, it's going to change your mind on uh, on your opinion of federal officers, federal law enforcement. So let's get into this. Um, before we do our jack wagon train, let's talk about the conference bill. This is the uh, like fourth one I've been to, I do believe. I believe so. Third, you've been third, coming third. all of them consistently for a while here, man. Yeah, it's always a good time. <laughs> and the, the cats that we meet there from all the different law enforcement agencies – uh, are just just really welcoming and they've got great stories and I love it when they're able to share those stories. Not all of them are able to share some of those stories, but when we do have them on, uh, it's great to do that. Unfortunately, I didn't get a lot of those stories this time, so maybe we can uh, we can remedy that in some upcoming episodes and get some of those cats on. But Tony had some pretty good stories about his time when he was back with the uh, ATF. Um, he had some some pretty cool ATF stories that he was telling about. Yeah, I'm sure they were fast and furious. <laughs> there, there were. Sorry. <laughs> Couldn't resist. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he was telling about some of his fast and furious um, cases. So, uh, pretty well, interesting. Fast and furious, but furious. <laughs> so, Bill, talk about the uh, the conference. What you guys do there? Just kind of in a nutshell, what it's all about. Well, it's mainly a, a working conference, uh, and some training aspects are worked in. This this was the first one where training was actually part of it through uh, Larry Cosme's uh, 111 project, which is jujitsu. So there was that part going on, and then a lot of training on mental health and awareness and suicide prevention and just well-being overall. Uh, so that was day one, and then it kind of bled over into day two, uh, but mainly once a conference convention, sorry, gets going, it's, it's, a, it's a working convention, however, uh, we're dealing with issues with the bylaws and constitution, uh, maybe some member voting, sorry, Department of Labor's calling me, but I'll deal with Jimmy later. Um, <laughs> hey, I think you dropped uh, something. I think you dropped something there, Bill. What's that? You're dropping names. <laughs> you name dropping. Oh. <laughs> Oops. Oh, sorry, the DOJ's man. calling me there. Oh, I'll get back to them later. That's just the president. I'll get back to him later. <laughs> nah. He's taking, he, he's taking a nap. Leave him alone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. So, um, so you said the mental one. health. The mental health was a, a big focus um, on this yes. year's convention. Which last episode uh, we made a big announcement, uh, which is one of the reasons why we had Gene on was that the um, the House bill or the Senate passed a bill. The S-1502 COPS, which is the Confidentiality Opportunities for Peer Support Counseling Act, um, which it goes a long way in encouraging our law enforcement, especially our federal law enforcement men and women, to seek the help that they need. Um, so go back to that episode. We talk uh, more about it. But, yeah, so uh, it was a very good uh focused conference i believe this year seems like everybody enjoyed it had a good time john talk about 
for our new listeners and who aren't familiar with FLEOA, what the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association uh, was organized for? Back in, in 1977, uh, pre-millennial times, uh, the organization was formed to defend the rights of the workforce, federal law enforcement workforce, who were coming under unjust investigations, uh, one in particular, the Weatherman case going back to the 70s, where uh, back then the administration and the politicians, surprise, surprise, were trying to alibi their failures of crime control and redirect it to the rank and file workforce. So FLEO formed for the purpose of getting legal representation immediately available for the rank and file in the event they come under investigation, in the event they're involved in the shooting and they're immediately crucified for, for use of ungodly force from the perspective of the critics and politicians. And then also there's obviously the camaraderie uh, component as well. So from 1978 to the present, the organization went from 12 guys in a bar with a good idea to get a lawyer involved to professional association that Bill serves on the board with of about 30,000 members. And the membership comes from 65 different federal agencies. You know, they're from the well-known ones to the less well-known ones. Um, and FLEOA, as I'm sure you've, you've probably heard from other guests, nonprofit, uh, nonpartisan organization. So, you know, and just uh, I'll put a footnote there for a moment. In terms of comments on um, on gun-related issues. I know it's difficult for the current board to give or express their opinion because they're representing everyone. Whereas in my current position, I'm retired and I am the president of the FLEOA Foundation, which is the charitable arm of FLEOA. So I have a little bit more leeway than, than Brother Bill to express my views as opposed to the neutral views. But in any event, uh, great organization. Uh, does a lot of good on Capitol Hill, fighting for the rank and file, protecting their pay and benefits, uh, dealing with officer safety issues. Brother Bill mentioned suicide prevention and awareness. You know, I'm all about smash stigma and save lives and uh, dealing with, uh, you know, some of these post-traumatic stress injuries that are really impacting uh, both our veterans, active duty service and law enforcement personnel as well. Very good. Very well said. Uh, so, FLEOA, the website is FLEOA.org is where they can go for the organization, and then the foundation has a separate website itself, right? That is correct. Yeah, you can link to the foundation from the FLEOA homepage or FLEOAfoundation.org. So, either way, you can access it. Very good. Very good. So, you lead heads if you're not uh, following them. Uh, I believe you guys are on social media, too, um, under... FLEOA, Federal Law Enforcement Officer Association, something along those lines. I don't know. Sounds right. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> something along those lines. You'll you'll see that that logo on there, and you should know that you're in the uh, the right place. Um. So the S fifteen o two Cops Counseling Act, uh, generally it, it prohibits the disclosure. Uh, of the contents of a peer support communication. And we talked about what that is uh, with Gene. Uh, but, you know, just the whole stigma, you know, you're talking about the, the stigma that goes along with the, the, the mentality, the, um, you know, this, the persona of a federal law enforcement officer, just a law enforcement officer 
itself. You know, they can't be weak. You know, they're not supposed to show weakness or, or, or you know, signs of weakness. And what's great about these peer support communication uh, networks that they've got set up within their departments is that it's an actual colleague that helps them and they open up to this, uh, this colleague about what, you know, their issues might be. And I guess in the past, you know, what the issue was when they did that, I guess that they had to report these to the higher-ups or whatnot, and then, you know, then they're worried about that going on their permanent record and the ramifications of that. So, you know, whether it's time off or, you know, losing their badge or, you know, whatever it may be, uh, I guess that was probably one of the big fears that they have about coming forward with, you know, any sort of personal issue or, you know, I'll put finger quotes up there, mental issues that they might have. And uh, this this bill is supposedly supposed to, it's supposed to make them feel more comfortable, more safe, more secure in being able to do that. Did that sum it up pretty good or did I just miss yeah, it completely? It, it does, Marty. The, the bill, and, and God bless uh, Gene, uh, Dr. Gene Konakogi for authoring a good part of that bill. It requires agencies to structure structure a, a program and appoint someone to oversee this so it's not just barroom talk it's actually a real thing and marty you hit on it you know you hit on it you know with with perfection in terms of what the prior problem or has been lack of two things confidentiality and lack of credibility uh you know the government has this this employee assistance program staffed by well-intended counselors but it's kind of hard to go pour your heart out to someone about your post-traumatic bombs when they've never experienced it other than maybe what Hollywood delivered on their TV. Mm. So nothing to them personally, but the credibility was lacking. And then the other piece you hit on perfectly is lack of confidentiality. You're not going to open up if you're going to be put on what's called a rubber gun squad and treated like you're a broken toy. You're not going to say anything. So we've become a little bit more enlightened in this life. And certainly on the military front and then slowly trickling into law enforcement, you know, people get banged up and you have a sequence of what we call post-traumatic stress injuries. It's not a disorder. Got to get rid of that D. That D is a bunch of bullshit. It's in those are injuries and not a disorder. And you get banged up. And at some point, you know, we all have a dam inside our mind or inside our skull. That dam builds up or the, rather the pressure builds up. It pushes on the dam. And then who knows? One person may break, another one may leak, and another one may hold strong. But the point is, when you accumulate these 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 psych psychological stress injuries, you should have access to help to help you build back and get better again. And the truth of the matter is, anyone who is is going for their therapy, if they're scripted anything, they're taking their meds, can be certified as fit for duty. And you know, we had a forum over this when I was uh, running BJA. We held numerous forums on suicide prevention, and I had the think tanks, one from Columbia University, and we had the chiefs in the room, and uh, the, the, uh, the think tanks, if you will, did agree that if you have someone, again, who is diagnosed with PTS and they're going for their treatment, they can be certified as fit for duty. And that seemed maybe five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago or longer, an impossibility. You were pretty much, you were burnt toast, you were done. Mm -hmm. And now we're trying to move past that. And as I said, smash the shit out of stigma, save lives, because good folks get banged up and they shouldn't be left out to rot. Absolutely. 
Well said. So, Bill. Yes, sir. You and I have a trip coming up this week. Yes, we do. And we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. All uh, right. First, what we want to do, because I think I got John fired up here. He's ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have good, we're going to have Gunny bring in that jack wagon train. So, Gunny, bring in that train, and we're going to take care of some jack wagons. Hey, Ralph, Simplified, do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. All right, the train has stationed, and we've, we've, got, some, we've got some jack wagons we need to take care of. John, in particular, has, uh, has some that he wants to, uh, to talk about. Let's, let's bring up this first one, because this was on our last episode, and it's the the you know you mentioned Hollywood earlier about the stigma that they have with uh, you know with the firearms and whatnot in the movies. This is the Alec Baldwin shooting on the set of Rust, and I didn't really specify a jack wagon last week, uh, but because it, it was kind of all encompassing, and Rennell and I I think did a really good job on talking about uh, this jack wagon, but I want to get John's take on it as well um so john i'm gonna turn the floor over to you and let's let's get your opinion on this this shooting here this murder that happened on uh, on set although it supposedly accidental we don't know yet yeah yeah no it it was actually it was was a a homicide of decency as well as as well as a, a precious human being who should not have been killed and god bless her may she rest in in heavenly peace as for the, the cast of hypocrites who are first to condemn, now they find themselves in the spotlight. And, you know, Marty, it, it's incredibly disconcerting to hear the sequence of alibis, the wave after wave of bullshit that they <laughs> yes. keep serving up to try to mitigate this tragedy. And, you know, it, it's amazing, for example, uh, and, and I apologize to your to your your viewers, your guests, if, if this is sort of repeating what a prior guest has said. No, that's fine. We well, always like to get different uh, opinions, so absolutely. Well, one of the things that jumped out at me, and, and, and reading about it and or watching it on the news is nauseating, but one of the things that jumped out at me was one of the lame justifications for uh, sort of commingling, well, not commingling, but that's what they did, but having live, live ammo on the set was that they needed to warm up the weapons. They needed to warm them up. And I don't know. I mean, I've been in, I was a, a firearms knucklehead training folks for a good number of years and, you know, started with revolvers and worked our way up to semi-automatic uh, pistols and so forth. I don't recall there being a carburetor on any of those guns. So mm-hmm. like this whole concept of warming shit up boggles the mind. And then also, I know everyone seems to be focusing on the live ammo mixed with, with uh, the training or the dummy rounds. And I'm not going to speak on that because that's just screaming obvious and, and everyone should get it. But, and unfortunately, even in our profession, we have accidental discharges for that careless reason. But let's talk about where to safely point a firearm. Like, you know, all those rules that every firearms range has, you know, it's like point it in a safe direction or up the crack of your ass, but don't point it at another human being. <laughs> well, you know, these celebrities, uh, they're higher than God. So God forbid they were subject to the same firearm commandments that we all abide by and respect. So, you know, granted, live rounds, dummy rounds, he shouldn't have been, he shouldn't have been playing cops and robbers pointing his weapon at the cinematographer. 
I mean, you could have a designated safe area. If he needs to get into character, he could have done that in a safe area where, God forbid, there was a round in there, however it got there, you know, by an act of, of magic nature or stupidity, at least the round would have been discharged and there would have been no casualties. So let's just start with the starting point of where we point a firearm. I mean, you know, I guess maybe we're a little nutty in the head. I don't even like to go in the bathroom and sit on the throne and see a nozzle from a, a, a deodorant spray facing at me. It bothers me. <laughs> I mean, if you like looking down the barrel of a weapon, you've got a defect. And because someone like Baldwin or anyone else, highfalutin celebrity actor types who have to get pampered on set does not give them the right to point anything that has the potential of discharging harm or death to an individual. And yeah, I mean, it, it just, it boggles the mind. Um, and the other thing also, as again, everyone probably knows, the technology is so far advanced that they don't even need to do that anymore. I mean, Marty, you understand this stuff and brother Bill, I'm a crayon and paper bag guy. But technology allows them to just handle all these fi firearm scenarios or scenes without actually having a, a, a weapon discharging on set. So it negates that type of scenario. But then again, you know, they want to feel macho as they criticize the rest of us who carried or do carry firearms for a living to keep them safe. We're a bunch of savages, but they can go on set and discard the firearm commandments and kill a human being because they're, well... You know, they're a different breed of humanoid. Yeah, exactly. Man, I'm so glad. <laughs> I wish I'd have got you on last episode to do this, but it's really good to get a different point of view, especially, you know, from somebody with your background and your experience to talk about this. And I don't think anybody could have said that better. But I do want to add this, just just some news, because it seems like they're just really tiptoeing around this and they're really hesitant to really come out and say, you know, anything right now of, of what happened or, you know, what their findings are. Uh, but Alec Baldwin has taken to social media here recently, and this since our last show. He's calling for police to monitor weapon safety on sets after his after his rush <laughs> trade. So he's he's wanting to bring in the government <laughs> to uh, oh, to my. to monitor movie sets now. So it says, Alec Baldwin is taking social media, calling for police presence on film sets after the accidental shooting on set of his film Rust uh, killed uh, Helena Hutchins. Baldwin called for gun safety on set, which they had, they had, they have priorities, they have steps already in place that that work ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time already but said police officers should be present when weapons are being used. How's a police officer going to add any additional security or knowledge to that? And, I mean, we all know police officers, too, and I, I wouldn't trust <laughs> a good majority of the police officers uh, with my own firearms. I know more about them than they do. So I just had to put that out there. And it's not every police officer, so I'm not I'm not wrapping every one of them in in you know one solid little Easter egg there. Uh, there are a few that don't take it seriously. They do them very minimum. You guys aren't those people. Bill and I were just talking about uh, you know his department and the training and everything they're gearing up to do right now for switchover. I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it or not in calibers. 
I don't see why not. Okay. <laughs> so, so um, you know, it's not every law enforcement officer, but bringing the government into this, you know, that's the liberals' answer to everything. Is like we're not we're not capable of of handling things ourselves well, as as citizens. We've got to bring the government in to help regulate this stuff. And, you know, because it's him and he's the one that did it, it seems to me, I mean, you look at all the posts and everything that he's doing, he's doing everything he can to cover his ass right now, to take the heat off of him. You know, he doesn't want to take responsibility for this at all. No. And Marty, let's take what, what, let's take what this, this sincere, uh, self-righteous, hypocritical schmuck said, and let's play it through. Okay. Now we get a government law enforcement officer, irrespective of of what agency they come from, or on set. Let's think this through in reality, not in fantasy land where he makes his money. In reality, you put a law enforcement officer on set. That particular show or movie is making money for the city or town that's hosting it. So do you really think if you put an officer on set and that officer attempted to intervene, the director or producers would not call his or her chief right away or even the mayor and complain that officer smith is disrupting the flow unnecessarily and delaying and causing them filming problems you really think any law enforcement officer is going to be able to effectively contain the raging ego of a schmuck like baldwin you're going to be able to tell him oh uh, excuse me mr baldwin you shouldn't be haphazardly pointing that weapon at human beings while you're on your set, getting into so-called character, how's that going to work? It's not going <laughs> to work. It's not. It's not the nope. answer. And it's all about bad, stupid behavior. It's not about guns. It's about idiots and morons in Hollywood who think they're exempt from safety 101. Well, again, not all, this is him trying way, to take... Not all of them. Yeah, this is him trying to take the heat off of of him it's not he's not taking responsibility for this it's not his fault everything that he's doing everything that he's saying have you once heard him take responsibility for this that he's the one that pulled the trigger and he's the one that that murdered the lady and injured the the director it's a, it's always somebody else something else you know don't look at me it's not my fault which is the most cowardly thing you know, that, that he can do. And it's so obvious what he's doing right here. But that's the big headline now for this story right now is that Alec Baldwin calls for police to monitor weapon safety on all sets, all movies. Uh, completely ridiculous. So yeah, Instant remedy for his reckless. Why don't they get the president to issue another mandate? Maybe we'll mandate that as well. Why not? Because right. we solve everything by mandates. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. But I, I, I really can't wait for if the truth ever comes out, which I don't think it ever will, what actually really happened, how this happened, why there were live, live rounds on set, which there should never be live rounds on set. And, right. and here, here's another question that I have because I, I'm not familiar with, with uh, the dummy rounds that they use in Hollywood, and I'm sure each, maybe they all use different ones depending on who their armorer is. Uh, but aren't those like – specifically colored a certain way also distinctive <laughs> yes they're, they're different i mean 
you know, if, if I went to the bar and, and did 45 shots of tequila and got incredibly polluted, I could still tell the difference between a dummy round and a live round. Yeah. I mean, they're supposed to be marked, Marty, you're absolutely right. But if you look at one, and granted, I don't expect, you know, people to go through that extensive training. Well, I wouldn't require extensive training, but yeah, it's readily obvious. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's taught in basic firearms, you know, you don't mix live and training rounds. You just don't do it. But yeah, but you know what, Marty? Who knows if they were even marked? And obviously, I would say what percentage of people on set, including the armorer, knew the difference? And it's kind of like, uh, what was it, John Belushi's GPA in Animal House? Zero point <laughs> zero. So I don't even, I mean, I don't yeah. even think it's an issue of, of marking them. It was just reckless commingling of, of ammo. And they probably didn't even know the difference. Yeah. Well, I think it was a mixture of a lot of different things that culminated to this point. You know, the armor herself was only like 24 years old. Don't know what level experience that she had. Supposedly her dad was the, like the top armor or whatever. I don't know. Uh, but definitely, uh, there's a lot of, uh, negligence that has happened that, that led to this. And it's probably not just one person either. It's probably a culmination of several people um, getting complacent, you know, just naturally assuming things like Alec when he took the gun. He just naturally assumed he had a safe gun. Whereas if if they put these these actors, these movie stars through the proper firearms training, you learn the four basic rules, you practice those on set as well, this wouldn't happen. Wouldn't have happened, even with a live round. You break one of those rules, you're still going to be safe. Yeah. I, I just, I think, not, not not to get into the weeds of this, but if, if I'm correct in, in, in following this wonderful story, he used a revolver. Right, and, wheel gun. You know, yeah, he, you're right, exalt the old wheel gun. So to me, that there is, it's it's even more obvious that they couldn't simply open it just open up the cylinder and take a look-ski? Two minutes? Two seconds? I mean, it, it seems like, okay, you know, we get paranoid in the semi-auto world in terms of something is lodged in the beginning, the beginning port from the port to the barrel, okay? So we get we get a little nervous. We got to kind of do our look-through there, make sure we see full daylight and all that. With, with the old wheel guns, it's a lot easier to confirm that the weapon is unloaded. So, and that's something where you can train anyone quickly to do a little bit more involved in a semi-auto not much but a little bit more involved but mm -hmm. it just it makes it even that much more inexcusable um not being able to confirm the wheel gun is unloaded yeah and you guys can can google this and you can see all kinds of different uh, reports and and articles about it um but again you know whether the truth comes out or not who's gonna know i mean we, we that remains to be seen i hope i hope it does Hope they figure out who who the actual <clears throat> idiot was that allowed the the live rounds on on set, but it should have never got it. And a wheel gun's very easy, like you said. You open it up, and <laughs> you, you visually can can verify every round in that just like that. So, no excuse for this. All right. Oh, even Dwayne, uh, the Rock, has he came out and made a statement about. Um, He's never going to use a, a a real gun on set again. To you know, for the Rock, which they shouldn't be using real guns anyway. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah, understand. I replicas have come a long way since back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. We had our, our friends from Leviathan on a few episodes back. Um, we talked a little bit about kind of what they do and that they provide firearms to movie sets and supposedly they just buy real guns and then the movie sets are supposed to convert them to you know to the dummy guns i don't know anyway so there's our jack wagon again specifically alec baldwin this time because he is not owning up to this and he's not taking responsibility uh he's he's trying to deflect everything away from him so I hope the the wrath of God falls upon Alec Baldwin. So we got another one. We got one more we want to do, and this, this is another one that came from John. And this has to do with the White House rolls out a strategy to reduce military veteran suicide, calling it a national security crisis. <laughs> so he likes to solve things by calling them crises and pandemics. So John, fill us in on this one. Yeah, so I mean, it's this is not all bad. I think they're. I think what he and the administration are doing is they're hijacking a very important topic and exploiting it to grab guns. And and what what I mean is they're recognizing that the escalating number of suicides for our military personnel um, is out of control. It really is. And you know, as we become a little bit more enlightened again, recognizing the profound impact of post-traumatic stress injuries, uh, the level of care available has improved. So he has issued this declaration of coming forth with this this very dynamic, forward-leaning, forward-thinking program to help reduce the number of suicides, to expand the level of care. But one of the key points in this very forward-leaning program is to very quickly, timely snatch firearms away from the impacted military personnel and or veteran to um, reduce the number of suicides. Now, I do understand that this is a highly contested topic and issue. And immediate access to a firearm can provide someone with the means to self-inflict. However, what they fail to understand is we take great pride in possessing our firearms. I mean, above and beyond the Second Amendment right, you've carried a firearm throughout your adult life, your career, your profession. That means a lot. It's not just a piece of hardware. It's a symbol. It's an American symbol of freedom, but it's also honor. It's something you carry to protect others and to look upon that as a quick remedy to reduce suicide let me put it this way if you take a gun away from a from a madman you still have a madman Mm -hmm. but if you take madness away from a madman then you have a chance at peace it's the it's, it's the psychological component not the physical hardware piece if you take a firearm away from a veteran military law enforcement who is suicidal, has suicidal ideation, and you take away their firearm, I gotta tell you something straight up. If they don't use the firearm and you take that away, they're going to slit their wrists, they're gonna get in a car and drive into a wall or off a bridge, or they're gonna OD. 
you, you're not eliminating the opportunity. So to think that's a clever solution, and they'll throw back at me and say, well, look at the number of suicides that are committed by self-inflicted fatal wounds with a firearm. Oh, okay, so that's basically the penicillin to eliminate suicide. Hmm. Very, very clever. So um, I take issue, you know, I really do want to hear more forward-leaning um, initiatives. I understand that there is something in the medical side where they can identify something and just examining the brain that might show an indication of some form of depression that they can proactively address. God bless the medical profession to come up with ways to proactively treat those who are hurting or impacted. But this immediate pseudo remedy of simply grabbing a firearm crashing the morale of someone and then really escalating their desire to kill themselves that ain't too clever and uh i would expect a little bit more from people who have the resources to really research this properly very good so it says the new strategy focuses on a number of key components including improving lethal means safety in order to identify ways to ensure time and space between a person's in crisis and their access to lethal means, including firearms and medications, enhancing crisis care, increasing access to and delivery of effective care, addressing upstream risk and protective factors, like preventing and addressing increased uh, financial strain, lack of housing, food security and unemployment, and increasing research coordination and data sharing throughout the federal government. Uh, and that that's a quote there. But that's you know that's exactly what they're talking about, and I think probably what what they're going to do is they're going to make their treatment contingent on them giving up. So if they don't give up their firearms, then they're not going to get the treatment, are they? Right. And what they're going to do is they're going to snatch guns, and then they're going to see a striking decrease of thirteen percent less suicides, and they're going to attribute it to the guns, the firearms that they took away from veterans. <laughs> well, they're going to have a a decrease in suicide by firearms. Suicides aren't going to, because the people that are bound to determine to kill themselves are going to kill themselves. You know, a thousand different ways in which somebody can kill themselves. And if somebody's bound to determine, and like you said, the madness is there, you know, firearms not going to stop that. Again, a firearm, if they have one, it's, it's, a, it's another means. That's all it is. It's another means. Yeah. And I mean, Marty, when I use the example, you know, madness was more towards, um, you know, in terms of the crimes, we have the active shooter scenarios, mm -hmm. and they always scream, take the guns away. So when that's when I was using the madness example, I didn't want, I'm not attributing that to, to our military and law enforcement personnel. No, 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 no. But I mean, I think it's, everybody understands it's what you're saying. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. they've got issues. There's mental issues. Madness but is, yeah, I know. again, everybody's so politically correct these for, days. It's bullshit. We know what you meant. So, I mean, madness, yeah. we, know, we know what you meant. It's not a derogatory term in, in the way that we're using it. So, um, no, no. But what I'm saying is, it applies to active shooter situations where the, where they immediately call for um, taking away know, the, 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 yeah. the gun away of guns. Right. That's yeah. that's where the madness applies. For our folks, it, it's again different. Yeah, absolutely. So very well said. So there's there's another jack wagon right there. So have we got some heroes, some people that have uh, that are doing good stuff that we can counter these these this jack wagonery with? Uh, Bill, you got any heroes? Anybody you want to recognize as as making a difference, doing some good in our society? Uh, just all the law enforcement officers trying to do what they can in these uh, very difficult times, and those guys are staying out of the job. 
those men and women, God bless them. Good for you. Stay safe. Um, keep doing the Lord's work. There you go. Well said. What about you, John? Yeah, so, you know, one jumps to mind that Marty and Brother Bill, you, you guys know quite well. So, Brother Tim Chard. Uh, Tim Chard, retired uh, veteran, naval veteran, retired law enforcement officer, local and federal. He's one of my vice presidents on the foundation. Uh, he is battling courageously ALS. And uh, what Tim's doing while battling ALS is he and his wife, Erin, are um, engaging with park services across the country in instances where uh, law enforcement officer loses a child, tragically. They engage with the park service to have a tree planted in honor and memory of their child with a nice plaque, have it designated, and to set up a little memorial ceremony, um, again, to show the power of remembrance and honor for the horrible tragedy that no parent should experience. But Brother Tim, setting aside his own medical challenges, continues to step up and help the rank and file deal with their difficult situation. So raising a raising a glass to uh, Brother Tim Chard. Amen. Here, here to Tim. Absolutely. That's a that's a great uh, initiative that they've started there. Good on them. Is there a website or something that people can go and are you familiar that can help uh, with that that program? So Marty, yeah, we're running you through the FLEO Foundation. So it would still be the FLEO F L E O A Foundation dot org. And if anyone makes a contribution, they can designate it for the tree planting program. And we'll make sure uh, that their donation goes to that specifically. Very cool. There you go, Leadhead. So uh, if you want to take part in that, check out the uh, FLEO Foundation and make those donations, definitely. I think that's uh, that's two great heroes to, to end this segment on. So Gunny, get that train out of here. And the ghost of Charlton Heston fire up the Lead Force One, and uh, we'll give Tim and all our law enforcement men and women a ride on Lead Force One. Amen. Very good. So, guys, we've got several interviews that we need to uh, get into this episode. Uh, I know our lead heads are going to enjoy this. We're getting some updates on uh, these companies on what they're they're offering, latest and greatest. With this COVID stuff, you know, we've missed a lot of shows and uh, these companies haven't had an opportunity to showcase what their latest and greatest is. We do a lot of interviews at NRA, at SHOT Show. Hopefully SHOT Show is coming up. Uh, And then Bill and I have got an event down in Georgia that we're going to be going to this week. So we'll we'll probably be getting some additional information for you leadheads for the latest and greatest in firearms, suppressors, kit, gear. Um, no telling what, maybe even whiskey. <laughs> oh, yeah. We tend to get into a little whiskey lover down there also. <laughs> yes, we do. And we've got an amazing tour that we've got set up. Uh, hopefully that works out. I don't want to uh, jinx it. So if that happens, we'll talk about that on an upcoming episode as well. Uh, but until then, you guys enjoy these interviews, and we'll be back after them and uh, sign off. Law enforcement actions, even if fully justified, are going to be scrutinized with 2020 hindsight. When you, as a federal law enforcement officer, face a life-altering event, you want both the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association and Feds Protection in your corner when it matters most. 
Feds Protection is in the unique position of protecting federal agents and officers from financial hardship with professional liability insurance. Regardless of how well you think you do your job every day, you are not immune to allegations of wrongdoing or lawsuits alleging a constitutional tort arising out of a job action. The cost is partially reimbursed by the Agency for Law Enforcement Officers. So for less than $1 a day, you simply can't afford not to have this protection. Enrollment takes just five minutes. Call 866-955-FEDS or visit www.fedsprotection.com. Everything else is going to be new, right? And yeah. And everything, it just keeps rolling. I mean, you... It's like when you go buy a car, they say they upsell you so much on accessories yeah. and insurance and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, that's where they make their money. They don't make as much money on the vehicle sale. I don't see how they can't make money as much as vehicles cost. It's just, you would think so. they got to be making something. Yeah. You know? But it's like you said, all that money on the accessories that they're selling goes directly to them. Where the car sales, I guess the the car companies get a cut yeah. of it, and they only yeah, get I mean they're probably taking percent. what seventy percent, yeah, and then the dealer gets. I don't know. I've never sold cars. So. Me neither. Hey, if we got any car salesmen out there listening <laughs> to the show, uh, this is Car Talk <laughs> coming coming to you That's from right. the uh, Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association twenty twenty one convention. <laughs> How many of you have that seventy one Pinto you want to get rid of? Or or is it squeaking and you need help fixing those squeaky brakes? That's right. You we're keep, here. We're here for you. Call in one eight hundred two four four. We can fix your car. Auto. <laughs> Auto. You remember that call in show? There was like a radio show. These two dudes and they were like, yeah, yeah something from garage, Massachusetts right? or something like yeah. that. Yeah, they're two brothers. They were hilarious. Yeah. yeah, they were super funny. Something garage or I can't remember what something it was. like that. Yeah, yeah. So sitting with me, that voice that you hear, very familiar voice. Uh, if you can't pinpoint it, I'll give you some hints. Uh, last, I guess last time we talked to you, was it was it SHOT Show? Was that the last time we had you on? Yeah, I think so. The SHOT Show, they, they sponsored us, or he sponsored us. He's no longer with that company now. He's with a new knife company. That's right. It's our good buddy, Brooksy, Chris Brooks. Welcome in, Chris. Thank you. How are you all doing? So we are in we're Providence, Rhode Island. Yes, sir. And we are at the 2021, like I just said earlier, the FLIOA National Conference. They're biennial. They have it every two years, right? That's right. So every two years, then they have this thing. Yeah. It's called biennial. <laughs> Not biennial. 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 Biennially. But Chris and I have talked uh, several times uh, in between his transition and <laughs> that sounds bad right i did not transition you transitioned what did you do <laughs> to a new knife company to I a new transition. knife yeah yeah that's what i in oh. today's world oh i see what you're saying, saying. <laughs> since your transition right. that does not yeah. sound right anymore yeah that is that is true from moving from one company to the other correct <laughs> we'll say it that way better with tour knives tour knives tour knives it's not spelled t-o-u-r it's t-o-o-r and that's the, I guess, the, the founder's the last name. name. It's yeah, a family correct. name. So we were talking about that uh, off off air and how it's mispronounced. I was calling it Tor. Tor. 
Yeah. I was just I, tore. I was like, yeah, tore. Because I'm from the South. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to say, you're from the South, so you're yeah. going to pronounce anything incorrectly. <laughs> incorrectly, yeah. It's going to be wrong no matter how I say it. That's right. Uh, so tell us about uh, Tour Nice, man. Yeah, a super cool company. Uh, they're based out of El Cajon, kind of the San Diego area. Uh, family-owned company. Uh, Connor Tour is the uh, owner, um, and he essentially started in the garage, you know, just like everybody else does. Yeah. And uh, it's 100% made in the U.S. We make our own sheaths, screws, you know, all the fasteners, everything that has to do with the uh, knife, we actually, uh, you know, we make and assemble ourselves. You acquire in the United States. No, we make it. You make it. Yeah. From scratch. From scratch. You get the metal in and... We do. You do it. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. That's... How long have they been in... About six years. Six years. So fairly new. Fairly new for, yeah, for a knife brand. Pretty so new. So f- I know a lot of our listeners, our lead heads, are knife aficionados. And, uh, you know, this probably be right up their alley. Yeah. I've seen the knives. You've got some here. That's right. On display. Very high quality, I'll say. I mean, it's one of those things where you, when you feel something, you know it's quality. Right. When you, when you touch it. Yeah. When you see them online, you're like, yeah, those are really nice knives. But then... In person, in the hand, I mean, they're just just really, really, really solid. Talk yeah. about their process. Um, say, I've been watching Forged in Fire. Okay. So I'm Forged in Fire, knife, knifeicated. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Still educated, I'm knifeicated. Um, so I got all my education on knives from Forged in Fire. So re- relate to your knives in Forged in Fire talk, so I can understand. So think opposite of Forged in Fire. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's, you know, it's all, uh, the, the steel is, uh, comes in, we cut it, um, you know, we'll put it on CNC, we'll put it on um, water jet. So the water jet will actually cut the, the outside perimeter of the knife. So the shape. You're cutting it with water. Water. That's some high some pressure. high pressure water. Oh, my God. You don't want yeah. to take a shower in that. No, right? it's amazing. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing, yeah. To, cut, to be able to cut through steel is pretty impressive. With water? With yeah. With water. That's amazing. Yeah, so that's what we'll cut our shapes out of. We'll use uh, the mills as well, so the CNCs. Because um, some of those knives are pretty thick. They are thick, so we're we're generally right in that three sixteenth, you know, of an inch thickness yeah. on the fixed blades. Um, a few of them go like obviously the axes get a little thicker. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they're they're pretty. Those are pretty hefty knives. So yeah. there's, like there's I said, I mean, there you feel too. the quality, you feel the weight. Um, but it's not. It's not like a. No, it's not going to ruin drink. your day. You know, if you're trying to pack it on your vest or. No, your, no. I mean, you've got different sizes, over. and we're going to talk about those. Um, but I was just curious as far as you know the manufacturing process, how you, how they go through and they. Yeah. So we, you know, we have all knives. the yeah <laughs> we have all the equipment that we need. The only thing that we don't do in house is the heat treat. Um, so we do you know everything else, all the coating. You know, we we create all of our fixtures on screw machines, etc. Uh, so. The whole process is right there. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's amazing. You know, there's nothing that we, we don't need to worry about, you know, this crisis that's going on with getting stuff stuck product in, into the United States. Stuff stuck at port. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't have to worry about that. That's, that's like the, you know, the excuse now. Everybody, oh, it's stuck at port. Yeah. That is the excuse. I mean, if you watch CNN, I mean, you just be like, this is unbelievable. What is China doing to us? Yeah. But it's not like we, you know, it's the West Coast. It's not like we don't have an East Coast. 
Right. Why don't well, those ships come over here? They are. They're on the East Coast, but they're just sitting out in the water. Well, I mean the West Coast. I thought they're on the West Coast. Are they on the East Coast? Both. You should both. see it. It it's is just, absolutely both ridiculous. Yeah. So. So I know, heard the Florida guys going. Yeah. Governor DeSantis, DeSantis said, "Hey, bring your ships in. We're, We're going to come to our Florida. Our ports are open. We got plenty of got employees workers. to offload your gear. Come on in. We're good." I wonder if anybody's taking him up on that. I hope so. I do too. Man, that, that's a good dude right there. I mean, there's going to be a backup to get into Florida. There will be a backup, but at least those ships are <laughs> going to get into port. At least something's going to get into port. Yeah. yeah. It's not sitting there rotting or exactly. decaying or whatever. Taking a little water break there. We just had a delicious lunch. Yeah. Man, they're treating us well, at aren't the, they? At the FLIOA conference here. So let's talk about the knives. So let's talk about the... Where you were before, you know, they kind of had categories and things like that. What, right. what type categories does Tour have? So the the main focus right now is tactical and law enforcement. Okay. So it's, uh, you know, if you looked at probably 90% of the product, it, that's what it is. Yeah. Then, you know, they, they do have a, a fillet knife. So there is a category Getting for outdoors. fishing. Yeah. Or, you know, if, you, if that's how you render your muscle groups for big game, yeah. you know which is the way I do it, then it's perfect for that. But then there's EDC. So we've got some folders. Uh, we have some smaller fixed knives and, and yeah. a few tools. Uh, you, you've got Thor's hammer. Right? I do. I do. Thor's it's in the hammer room. Is pretty cool. Punch holes and things. I didn't want to risk somebody taking it, yeah. uh, but it's a push knife. Right. Um, pretty cool. Very comfortable. Um, minimal. Very um, minimal. Um, yeah. You would think it'd be much bigger when you see it online yeah i was expecting it to but be, it is small yeah so but it's perfect conceal yeah, yeah. yeah nice little tool definitely um but you guys check them out at their website is tourknives.com t-o-o-r and, and the instagram same thing same at tour, all the same t-o-o-r knives.com now and they're based out of san diego is that right correct is that where he's from originally the yep that's where they're from yeah and he started this in his garage huh yeah just with his water hose? How do you get that pressure? Yeah, up, I don't know. You know? I, I haven't asked him how he did that. But, uh, yeah, he's probably not out there with his little garden hose, is he? The garden hose with, you know, filtering it down smaller, yeah. smaller, smaller to yeah, get that laser. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's pretty impressive what, uh, you know, what they've done in such a quick time. It's, uh, it's growing pretty rapidly. Um, you know, now... Now more and more people that I talk to, they're like, "Yeah, I have heard of Tour Knives." Where, like, I didn't even I didn't even know about Tour Knives probably two years ago. Yeah, like at all. Well, I anything about. Like you said they've only been around six years, so yeah, I mean, they're fairly fairly new to the the scene, the game. But you led had to go check them out, go check out their website, go check out their Instagram, follow them, and uh, we're going to talk more about some of your knives. Talk about um, you've got a new axe coming out. You know, we're talking about the axes, and, and that's that's kind of outdoorsy. It is, um, but I, they, I, was, I mean, it's got a tactical look to it, definitely. But it does have a tactical look to it. I would call it more as a, like a thrower. Yeah, you know, you're, you're just gonna go have fun with it. You're not gonna go to work with it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's the. But blocker. it could. I mean, it looks like it's very durable, sturdy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that you know, that's thick material. Um, there is there is a uh, a hole cut out in the head you know to lighten it take up care of some weight yeah yeah definitely but the brocker is it's new it looks like it'd be a perfect pack axe you could you could pack it um yeah you can you can do anything with it really i mean you could use it for point of entry you could use it for 
uh, you know, throwing, yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, work with it. Multi-purpose, with it. right? Multi-purpose. Yeah, it's it's pretty good size. Yeah. So what uh, what else they got new on the horizon coming out that you can talk about? Uh, there's going to be some attention put on more EDC. Okay. And those are some designs that we're working on. More folders uh, or fixed blades? Yeah, folders. We have uh, some folders now. Uh, we don't have them at the show right now because they're essentially built and sold. You yeah. know, just like everybody else. It's, you know, keeping inventory is pretty tough. Sure. But, uh, yeah, one of the biggest focuses will be on the EDC side of things. So we'll, uh, we'll create a few um, EDC folders at the, you know, probably first quarter second quarter time period something to look uh, forward to yeah hopefully. yeah and of course you know a few more tools and and some other product that will be coming out that's pretty cool yeah like what yeah. <laughs> like what yeah uh, i mean there's you just on. have to keep your eyes open i mean okay follow the the social media yeah and, and yeah. listen here on talking lead because i'm sure you'll hit us when the the new stuff comes yeah out, and so our, our team it. is super cool and we have a good group of uh, folks that run our social media and marketing side of things so they uh, they do really well with that. So Very as soon cool. as something is ready, it will be out. All right, all yeah. right. So talk about how they back up their products. What kind of a warranty guarantee? Yeah, they- a lifetime warranty. I mean, just it's uh, seriously, it's a good product. If you actually break something and you're not misusing it, I would be fairly surprised. Yeah. Of course, you'll dull a knife, you know, pretty quickly if you're using it a lot. But sure. If you actually break it. You, you're probably either doing something super serious mm-hmm. or something maybe super dumb. Well, also on some of those, I mean, they've got some super fine tips on some of those. Yeah, it gets down, you know, uh, the the Tonto blades, uh, you know, the design of the Tonto uh, tip is pretty tough to break. That's why it's designed that yeah. way. Um, but the drop points, yeah, you could, you know, you can mess up a drop point pretty good if, you, if yeah. you're really trying to. And then what type of materials you guys use for the handles? Uh, we're using G10 uh, for most. That seems pretty standard go-to yeah. material. Yeah, you know, you just... It's people, hard to mess up People G10. seem to like the G10. Yeah. We do we do wrap uh, some of the knives in paracord, Yeah, um, which you've seen. And then... Yeah, you had some here. Yeah. Yeah. They were nice. Yeah. So uh, we... But we use a couple of different materials uh, for the handles, you know, that, that are just popular. So yeah. micarta is the other one that, that uh, people ask for. Again, stuff I learned on Forged and Fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The G10, the My Car, they seem to always go towards towards those for the uh, handles. They're, yeah. they're good go-tos. Yeah. Yeah. And then we use the good steels, too. So the Are S35 you pinning those hands. in? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So those will be, um, most of the time they're screwed in because, you know, we realize that a lot of folks like to take things apart and clean it or, mm-hmm. or you know, just take care of their of their knife but yeah. uh yeah so you know between between the uh screws and the and the rivets you know i'm not personally a big fan of rivets so we don't we yeah. don't really do that much but uh yeah the screws so you can get in and clean stuff out of course i like that option and then also if you want to change out the handles right yeah, yeah a lot of people like to make their own handles yeah so definitely but that's good that's understandable well i'm excited um for you, for one, yeah, um, glad you landed a, a good place. Sounds like a, like you said, a good family, a good group of people to, to be associated yeah, with. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Even though they're out in San Diego, I mean, they are in San Diego, which you know, it's uh, it's 
we need more representation like that out there. You know, right? Yeah. People can't just move away. I know. It's, run from uh, it. But it's a beautiful area, you know. And they're they're a big group of surfing folks. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, they totally dig surfing, and so you know, part of the deal is they're going to have to teach me how to surf. Do they dive also? Are they into diving? We haven't Maybe. spoken about diving, but I'm a diver, so if they're not, I am too. Then hey, I say we'll we teach a, them how to dive and get a dive knife. Right. Design a dive knife. That. Maybe we'll call that one the root. That might be in the works. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe. Could be in the mail. Right. <laughs> okay. I like that. Yeah. I dig it. Well, Brooksy, uh, thank you so much for coming on. We're going to get you guys back on. Hopefully, maybe we we'll get the owner on and do a little background uh, interview with him and uh, get a little more detail about his company, how he got started. I think yeah, that'd be, be good. That'd be a great, interesting story. Yeah, I know that uh, you know we'd love to have you down. and, and uh, if you I would to love to see the water cut steel. Yeah. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah, it, it's uh, you got to see it. You see it to believe it. it. Now, is it is it one of those open CNC machines where you can see see the work being so done? So it's it's like a great big table. Yeah, and it's you know got a, a bath full of water, and then you know you you stick your steel on this on this uh, uh, conveyor belt like a kind bed, of thing. Yeah, like a bed, and then the the water jet just passes over the top. It's it's super cool. And it, is it's it like, like a watching, laser. It looks like a laser. But it's not. Are you getting splash from the water when it comes out? It, or is it splashes, just... but it's not like it's going to splash all over you if you're standing next to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so there's impressive. nothing in the water that you mix in with. You don't mix shards of metal or something. It's just pure water. Pure water. That's cutting metal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because you got to neck that valve down pretty tight. That's what I'm you saying, know, yeah. If you, if you had anything. To get that kind of high pressure. Yeah. If you had anything like grit or something foreign. Yeah, you probably clog it jack up. up those jets. Clog it up. Interesting. Yeah. let's Got to come down and see it. Let's do that. We'll do the show from there. I'll do a, a video, show everybody what it looks like. Yeah, you can go out and throw And my listeners are probably something. like, dude, that's that's not uncommon. It's Yeah. <laughs> it's like a common thing, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I've never I've never heard of that before, so. Yeah, shoot. I Who got, else does that? What other manufacturing process yeah. Uh, you know, Kershaw does that. They, oh, with another yeah, knife company? Yeah, they, uh, they do that. A lot of, um, uh. So you got a name? So it's hydro cutting or something that basic? Water jet. Just water jet. Okay. Yeah, that's the process. You know, then there's the brand name of the machines. But, sure. But, uh, yeah, so a lot of, uh, well, I got introduced to water jetting probably. It's like waterboarding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, like in 19. Late 1980s, I think. In the 80s, okay. Yeah, well, maybe a little past that, maybe early 1990-ish, right in there. So uh, I used to work for a, uh, well, I had my own company that we produced um, yardage books and scorecards for the golf industry. Okay. And so the yardage markers, you know, on the tee boxes, you walk up to, (coughs) excuse me, those were water jetted. So they're cutting stone with the water jet, and they can engrave it. So like it. carving into, okay. Yeah, so they can cut the parameter, and then they can actually engrave it that way too. So wow. it was pretty uh, pretty impressive. That so is. That's how I got introduced to water jetting. Wow. Yeah. I'm just, I got to see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to see it. Right. 
All right, Brooksy, thank you so much for being on. We got to uh, move on to the next interview here. Of course, but appreciate it. Again, Tour Knives, T-O-O-R, uh, their website, tourknives.com, and then at Tour Knives on Instagram, Facebook. Yep. All the all, the all of it. And do they, are your knives in uh, retailers? Yeah. Or do uh, they just go to your website? Yeah, you can do both. Uh, you can order online through the website or, you know, any of the knife centers and blade HQs, et cetera, or check uh, the dealer site on the website and it'll show oh, okay. you your closest dealer. Cool. So if you live in Tennessee, Tennessee, you can check it out and see what the so closest So there's somebody there that, have you talked to Royal Range yet? <laughs> uh, not yet. That's probably next week when I get back. Okay, there you go. Yeah. We'll do a call with Art. Definitely. All right, Leadheads, we're going to bring you more from the 2021 FLEOA. That's the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association 2021 Convention. So this is is your first podcast. This is number one. You've never done a podcast before. I've listened for years. I've never had the opportunity. Okay. So... Well, yeah, so you, you've heard how it's done. I've, I've seen how it's done. I've you, heard it. Yeah. yeah. Man, it's awesome. Well, we're going to do some live stuff. Live is cool. You and I, we're going we're gonna to get on the uh, social meds. I like it. We're going to do a little live. We're going to talk about some of Daniel Defense's latest and greatest products. I like it. I've got Jake Winglass joining us today, Leadheads. We're at the FLEOA, the 2021 FLEOA, mm. Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association. It's a mouthful. Warwick, Rhode Island. Convention in Warwick, 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 Rhode Island. Try saying that fast. Yeah, seriously. Crap, man. Yeah, brother. Uh, Brought to you by Feds Protection, providing the federal employees with all the great protection that they need Mm. from a, we're going to have them on here soon. And also brought to you by FLEOA, making this possible for you leadheads. There it is. Jake, tell us about yourself. Tell the lead, introduce yourself yeah. to the podcasting world, Jay. Well, hey, hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on today, man. Absolutely. Um, let's see. I uh, started in uh, tactical business probably six years ago okay. and uh, started with a small 8A company. Started selling uh, weapons, body armor, gear, you name it, federal law enforcement across the board. Did that really well for three years. Came over to Daniel Defense, and I've been here for three years now. Okay. So I run the full federal sales um, coast to coast. If it's that's uh, a pretty big responsibility. Yeah, just yeah. three short years. Yeah, it sure is, man. So at the DD. Yep. The double D. The double D, man. So uh, great company to work for. Really, yeah. It's super family orientated. Yeah, I've Martin, heard. Yeah, yeah, I've heard some really good good stories about working for for Marty. No, and Marty, which happens to be my name also. Yeah, exactly uh, right. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh hell! Look who's coming. Who <laughs> We can't talk guns without Bildo T Bag. Yeah, coming that's to join the truth. Us. You gonna pull the chair or what? Oh no, I'm gonna change out of this. I'm getting the hell out of my. I'm getting the hell out of my. Turn suit. it on. Shit. <laughs> I'm getting the hell out of this suit. Man. You got your monkey suit on, yeah. so you're done with the monkey suit I'm today. Done with the monkey suit until tomorrow. So dude, good, I'm, good man. Yeah. So yeah. real quick, tell our listeners uh, what what you were doing today, uh, Bill. This is Bill. Bill with Leoa. Everybody knows Bill. He's wrangling all the. Vendors together or what? No, what you? Why do you had to get dressed? Were you talking? Were you giving a speech? No, I had to have my picture taken. Oh, oh so just for a picture, just for, just for a photo. You got man, your monkey suit photo. on for yeah. a photo. Yep. 
oh, well, it's all good, part of the role, right? And then you're going to have to re- redress back up tomorrow. Right, for the awards banquet. For yeah. the awards banquet. Yep. S- same suit, or are you going with the... Same suit. I only brought one. I didn't expect this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to be wearing the same tie and everything, so... <laughs> all right, I'm getting the hell out of this. I'll be back in a minute, boys. Cool. More from Bill to come. Um so we're back to Jake with Daniel Defense. Yeah, man. Uh, See how podcasts go? I mean, they're just flying by the seat of your pants. Yeah. You, you never know what's going to happen. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I do all the federal sales. You name it, uh, agency guys, um, a lot of them contact us directly. Um, we have some great distributors out there that we do contracts through whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I teach our mobile armors course. So if there's an agency who buys into Daniel Defense Guns, um, we like to give them a little aftercare. Yeah. So I travel to wherever yeah. across. Uh, teach Doing that some day. training. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, nice. Yeah, man. That sounds like a fun job, man. A lot of travel. You I'm, need an assistant? I, I you got one, right? I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> I met her. Yeah. <laughs> So, Keeping yeah. it in the family. Exactly, I like that. man. That's and why is she not joining us right now? Well, she's man in the booth. Your better half. She is. Nope. Okay. Nope. Well, they're on break now, so. That's true. She, she could have come in and joined us. But you did bring some other things here that we're going to talk about. So we got, uh, we got some goodies. So some of the, the newest things from Daniel Defense. Now, what we're going to talk about, is this strictly law enforcement or is, are these going to also be available to the general public? No, I see. It's a good, great question. Yeah. Um, we don't see a difference between um, law enforcement and the general public. And it's it's basically, if you want to own a Mark 18, Delta 5 Pro, whatever it is, um, we should uh, be offering the civilian market exactly what we're doing to, yeah. to federal law. If office, you want man. that and you got the money to pay for it, then exactly. you're legal to have it, then yeah. If we could repeal the NFA, man, we'd love oh, to, to right put on, man. machine guns in people's hands. Why not? So, yeah. Um, but today here, let's go, Brandon. Yeah, exactly. Right, <laughs> Num- number one on iTunes. Right? So, um, but now we are, we have the uh, Delta Five Pro here in uh, six five Creedmoor. Uh, it's a pretty relatively new gun uh, for us. Um, it is an upgrade from our original Delta Five that we dropped a few years back, and now it's in our own uh, chassis system that we do in house. And, um, yeah, so with that, um, this is a really cool gun. Um, it is, and we're talking about a bolt-action gun here. Absolutely. Uh, heads. It is a uh, It is a tank. It has a super, super uh, 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 heavy uh, Palma barrel on it, so this thing is going to last for a long time. Uh, it has a tri-lug bolt system. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Yeah, listen. Yeah, which is nice. Um, Super smooth. Uh, 60 degree, degree throws, so it's not a traditional 90, so you can get that follow-up shot a little bit better. Um, Very smooth. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and this is not a, just, a, just a gun that, hey, we're going to put this bulk on out, and that's going to be it. Uh, we're actually developing some new rails for it, so it's you'll have a little bit of, of customized uh, options uh, for yourself. Accessories and things. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of guys, pig hunting, whatever it is, they say, hey, man, we want to attach a thermal. So we have a, a new rail coming out, which is a Picatinny all the way over the top. So you can put a thermal there and, uh, you know, go do some. Now, are you looking at yeah. um, making it lighter, the handguard lighter, as you're adding these additional uh, real estate to it for the accessories? Um, it'll be a little bit shorter of a handrail. Um, okay. But uh, it'll probably be roughly in the same weight class. Gotcha. So this is a gun that you're going to want to, you know, it's going to want to live in a tripod or on a bipod. 
um and uh yeah i've had some good times with this gun man it's uh it's, killed it's a, a beauty yeah, yeah. It has definitely killed a few pigs in Texas. So and that trigger, you know, we were talking about the trigger. It, yep. You've got a, a specially tuned Timney trigger in it. Absolutely, and uh, that's probably one of the most enjoyable things about the gun. Let's is, hear the click. Let's hear it. All they right, here we go. And nice, slow, steady squeeze. Boom. Nice and crisp. Nice. Can't go wrong at all, man. There's no bounce to it whatsoever. Exactly. Um, Comes with an area 419 Hellfire break uh, standard, uh, which is awesome. It, it just fits, man. It really does. It looks yeah. it looks the class, and uh, it's fun to shoot. It really is. It it looks like it. Very yeah. nice. I wish we had a range day here, Marty. Right? Yeah, wouldn't that be fun? We, we probably should talk to them about that. We should, man. <laughs> um, or you're going to be at some range day, I'm sure, coming up soon. Absolutely. This isn't the only event you do. Oh, that's that is the truth, man. Traveling around quite a bit. We'll be at uh at Shot Show, um, and so we do a private range day there. So you're more than welcome to come out. Well, I appreciate that. I know our leadheads would love uh, the coverage of that. So. Absolutely, man. So this is not only your first time on being on any podcast, but this is the first time we've had Daniel Defense on Talking Lead. Hey, man, how about that? Yeah, so this is an honor. Yeah, yeah I've, I've always wanted to to get you guys on and talk to you about your your products. I'd love to get Marty on sometime and just talk about Marty ha- and Marty. Why not the Marty Marty Show? Let's do it yeah. and talk about how he you know started the company and oh, yeah. a little bit about him. If he's down with that, would love to do that. He's a cool guy, man. He is uh, uh, just a good old Georgia boy and. Uh, uh, Daniel Defense started uh, basically in his garage. He was a garage door company. Yeah. Daniel Overhead Door. and <laughs> A garage yeah. door company. How about that, right? Wow. And okay. So he was a, he wasn't too good at golf. And so he was like super into shooting. I had a Colt <laughs> SP1 and he was like, dude, I need a flat top upper for this thing. Yeah. So instead of going out and buying one, he uh, designed one, he found a guy to buy in uh, to it and, uh, um, the guy said, Hey man, I'm not going to make you just, you know, four rails for your uh, guns. Let's, yeah. do, let's do a hundred. It was worth your time. It's worth mine. So he buys into it and all of a sudden everything starts clicking upstairs. He's like, Hey, maybe there's a business here. Yeah. And so all of a sudden he starts working on rail systems and, you know, eventually the RIS 2 rail for the Mark 18 was born. Yeah. Which is totally cool, man. So the company basically started with the uh, the roots of uh, Marty Daniel and uh, in a garage making garage doors. Yeah, exactly. That is amazing. Isn't it pretty cool? So we were talking. We had uh, Chris Brooks on with Tor Knives, and he was talking about how Tor Knives got started. Okay. And it was in the garage. You know, this guy's garage. At, sure. You know, with an idea of how he could make something better. You know, better and sure. Yeah. How cool is that, man? It's just American. It's America. It, it really is. You know. Man. Hey, I think I can do something better, and he, you know, it just shows the American dream. Think about all the people who don't have garages, all the business they're missing out on. Hey, <laughs> seriously, right? Absolutely. So when you buy a house, make sure it's got a garage, and so you can start the next American dream business there. I love it. I love it, man. Yeah, that is awesome. So talk about the uh, the other things we've got here. So what are we looking at here? So sitting here with a, uh, a full auto Mark 18. Uh, this is a uh, uh, as I'm sure your listeners know if they're 
you know, into uh, DD products. This is uh, one of our flagship models. Mm-hmm. Uh, RIS 2 rail is just a bomb proof system. It's got six points of attachment with the bolt up system here. Uh, if your listeners do have a grenade launcher hanging out at the house, <laughs> just uh, lying around. Yeah, you can pull this bottom rail off and uh, really have that uh, uh, cool looking gun. There you, you know? go. So have a shorty with a grenade launcher. Why everyone needs one? Why not? Why not? Right? You know. So as soon as we repeal the the NFA, <laughs> yep. You know, there it is, man. It's the wild west, as they say. I love it, man. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, man, it's just a great gun. It's uh, it's a ten three barrel cold hammer forged. Um, and uh, it's about ready to get a, uh, a new uh, look to it here in the future. Yeah. Um, wish I could talk about it. but uh, You've got one here. Well, It's the, right there. It's, it I is. see it. Yeah. But we can't talk about it. But uh. in the future, in the future. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, so that'll give us an opportunity to have you back on the show. I like it. And talk about. I love it. Talk about the whatever it is. That's, that we can't talk about. That's sitting right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's sitting right there. So I can touch it already. Yeah, I know, right? So, yeah, I mean, Mark 18 is just awesome. So and talk about how Daniel Defense designates their, their rifles. Great question. Um, a lot of the users are going to see a, you know, if they, if they go to the website, they'll see V7, V11, V9. And that's just basically Daniel Defense's way to um, give a nomenclature to um, this gun has a longer rail system, longer barrel, um, so a V7, V9, whatever it is. It just stands for version 7, version 9, etc. Okay. So, so V is just version. Basically. So yeah. V18 is a version 18. Well, Mark 18's got or its own. Mark name. 18. So yeah. Mark. Yeah. The Mark 18's got its own cool nomenclature, which is kind of sweet, uh, as well as the uh, M4A1, which uh-huh. is the bigger brother to, to the uh, Mark 18. It's a 14.5. Um, and when we're getting into the marks, are these full autos? Is that why they're? No, no, absolutely okay. not. Um, uh, so if, if the law enforcement, military, whatever it is, uh, they would just get a, um, how that would come out of Daniel Defense. It would just be a, a custom gun builds mm-hmm. how they, you know, want to their specs. Exactly. Yeah. So it's going to need a full auto selector or full auto fire control group. And so, yeah, we do a lot of custom stuff. Sure. So, yeah. So. Yeah, which is why you're here at Flioa because you guys obviously service our law enforcement men and women. Absolutely. Provide right. them with awesome firearms. Have to, man. So what's this other one we got? We got then this is the one that uh I was really digging. Yeah. Here. This is uh this is a Hoss. This is a three oh eight. Yeah, sure is, man. This is the DD five uh V three. So this is a sixteen inch three oh eight gun. Um our new uh, DD5s, they come with the adjustable gas block, which is super nice for guys who are getting into, you know, suppressed shooting mm-hmm. and they less gas at, at the face, especially if you're a lefty. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, great, great gun. Uh, very slim uh, rail on this thing. Slim profile. It doesn't look like a 308 at, at right. first hand, but when you pick it up, you're like, okay, yeah. Because yeah. that barrel is solid. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a little mini truck axle right there. <laughs> it definitely is. So... Um, Say hello to my little mule. I love it, man. So talk about what you guys, so this is a um, barrel nutless. Ah, <laughs> there it is. Yeah. So yeah, like on a traditional M4. I you, mean, it's got nuts. Yeah. This gun's got nuts, but it there's no barrel nut. Which is kind of cool because uh, if you don't have a torque wrench at home, and if you're going to build a uh, gun from scratch, uh, you know that, hey, 55 foot pound has got to be on that barrel nut and you know, AR companies, that's usually how we do our thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's a proprietary barrel nut, proprietary wrench, whatever yeah. it is. So, 
Uh, this guy, hey, there's none of that. It's uh, all here on the uh, the DD5 bolt-up system, and uh, it's... It, so the way the the um, the receiver, the barrel, and the handguard connect to one another. Yes. That's how you're able to get away with uh, exactly. not having the barrel nut. Yeah. So Aero tens, there's no uh, real mil spec standard for these things. So you know, Daniel Defense to other companies, it's all going to be different. Yeah. Um, U.S. government really never bought into them, so that's why. Why know, not do AR-15s that way? Well. That's a good question. Um, because if we did a, an AR-15 this way, it would be a uh, proprietary upper, uh -huh. I would imagine. Right? Well, uh, that's what that is. It is. So <laughs> that's proprietary. It sure is, yeah. So I wish... So there's not. There's, there, there, there's really not. For 308. Yeah, for 308. For 308. Okay. You could put a Mark 18 upper on a, uh, a different company's lower, and it would it would sing all day long. Yeah. This one, yeah. You'd, the DD-5 V3. That's correct. So, and that's a 762. Yes, sir. I so, like it. And you said that you also do a Creedmoor in this, right? We do. Yeah, DD5 V4. It's an 18 inch. Um, and absolute banger gun. So, Bill is out of his monkey suit. Damn, quick. He, he's back. He's joining us. I'm not joking around. Is it on? That one's not as good as that one. Here. For some reason, that one's uh, Let's pass it's this quiet. One it's being a quiet mouse. No, you got to come over there because I got the short the short cord on that. The short cord. So that was a good segue out of out of talking about the my uh, train wreck that I was trying to trying to fit one of your hand <laughs> hand guards on my three hundred eight. Hey, so. you tried, man. I tried. You I tried. tried. Uh, but did we we didn't talk about the bolt on this. So I want to I want you yeah. to get into talking about the. And this is a proprietary bolt on this as well. It is a very, very uh, upgraded bolt carrier group. Um, if you see a DD5 out there nowadays uh, in the V3 uh, configuration, you're going to see a DLC bolt carrier group on there, and uh, which is really, I think, the future for bolt carrier groups across uh, across the industry. Really, yeah. This finish, you'll be able to. Um, I want to hold it. You I want to hold, hold it. Hold it. <laughs> fine, fine. I want to touch it. I see you grab like props. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so if you see her there, uh, if you have a microfiber cloth and you're on the range all day, you should pretty much be able to just pop that bad boy out, wipe it down, you know, clean yeah, I've seen other upper. companies that have similar type finishes on sure. theirs. I think Anderson Arms uh, brags about, you know, some some kind of, super finished. Some idea. super finished that they, I think it was them. Okay. Uh, but I, I've seen a couple of other companies that, that do that as well. Um, mm. I think Nordic may have something similar. Really? Okay. Can't remember. I'll have to look at mine. I got one at home. Nice. Um, but yeah, so that makes it really easy to clean up. Absolutely. Without that, just put a little bit of, of lube on there. Little CLP. Go yeah, to town. little Seal One. Yeah, that's right. Seal One CLP, and you're mm. good to go. Sponsors of the Talking Lead Podcast. Love it. Love <laughs> it. Hey, send me a bottle, man. Come okay, on. Okay, I'll hook you up. Sounds good. I will. Seriously. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put you in touch with Dwight. So talk about the the spring you got back here. Yeah. So in the back. On the back of it. You'll, you'll see a uh, – if you have one at home and you pull it out, you'll see a snap ring on the back. Uh, that's going to hold in a tungsten weight there, and you'd be able to pull that um, out, clean it if you ever needed to. You're probably never going to uh, ever need to do that. Yeah. Um, but it's going to really help uh, follow-up shots, you know, especially for our uh, beloved pig hunters here in the United States who are going to town. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. There he is. Hell, yeah. Yep. So if – if uh, I take this weight out, is can you put different weights in there for different 
So different weight that's uh, a, cartridges. That's a great question. Um, and would you want to do that? I mean, I would not want to at that time. Yeah. Um, Cause it looks like in the, the springs, you know, your, uh, for the, uh, buffer springs, your buffer springs, you know, yeah. you can get different weights. Absolutely. Yeah. For yeah, those. H1, H2, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and that's, I mean, you, you will really ever really need to pull Wouldn't out that need weight. To do that. No, that thing's going to be good to go. We'll talk about your buffer spring in this and, yeah, so the, uh, oh, I pull this real in. quick, I'm going to pop smoke again, but I just have to drop this in. Thanks for being here, dude. dude. I really appreciate Daniel Defense being at this conference and dude, all the other vendors. Us, no, I'm, I'm, it's been awesome that you're here. Yeah, uh, man. And thank God you didn't follow through on Garrison's uh, little say hello to Bill for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if Adam Talk about Adam? Yeah, yeah, Garrison, yeah. Why is he uh, not here? Adam, yeah. why are you not here? Yeah, he yeah. had uh, Douche. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Douche. Yeah. He had some conflict with the schedule but anyway appreciate you guys Absolutely being here no. it's just fantastic to meet you and thank you for the support oh uh, yeah so i gotta go back in okay Woo-hoo! uh talk to you guys have fun i will so we're we're at the at the butt of it now so we're talking about the uh yes. the buffer spring weight here yep so it has a uh a dd5 buffer in here pull that guy out you can see that close yeah. and uh as uh, Marty's holding it in his hand, he can tell that I have been shooting this gun. Oh, yeah. It's, so. it's got some nice smell to it. Mm-hmm. Smell that powder. Yup. Getting it on my hands a little bit. It's still clean. I mean, you keep it clean. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not I, bad at all. I shoot it a lot. That's for sure, man. Yeah. So, so that additional weight, the reason you put that weight in there. Yeah. Fill recoil, really. So we know that 308's going to definitely be a mule kick a little bit. So yeah. it, it's going to take that out a little bit. That spring's going to, I mean, it makes it more weight. level shooter. Exactly. Hand repair, you should be able to follow up a second shot pretty yeah. well. Because that. That, that is a substantial bolt carrier group right there. Absolutely. It's definitely got a little heft to it. It's like a lightsaber. A lightsaber. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It kind of is, yeah. right? So um, That's cool. You should call it the lightsaber. No, see, now this is why we need to get uh, Marty down. <laughs> no, <the> you don't. <laughs> so Most people tell me, no, that's stupid. Uh, that's a stupid idea, Marty. Man, I ain't going to say Lightsaber's that. a knife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's bro. like a sword. But it's an absolutely. So this one is game. called the the DD five V three. Yep. Okay. V three is a sixteen inch gun, so it's nothing. And like it's completely. It. I mean, top proprietary. Top. Yeah, top to, top to bottom. You're not going to be able to uh, Frankenstein one of these together. You're going to have to yep. just buy it from Daniel Defense like this. And anybody else you know doing anything like the like our bolt up system here? Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, barrel netless. Yeah, system. yeah, yeah. Uh, not, not, not yet. Um, which is kind of a cool thing that, that we're holding on to, and uh, uh, definitely looking forward to keep uh, developing uh, uh, this system here with uh, new rails, etc. Uh, definitely in the future. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's a good look, and all your your rifles have always been the the craftsmanship, the quality that goes into them. Uh, it's super cool because you know uh if you when, when we get you down to headquarters yeah we'll we'll watch these things being made man now are you in georgia no so where's uh, headquarters headquarters is in georgia yeah okay so it's in black creek georgia okay because uh, i'm just in tennessee yep nashville tennessee okay so Not is that too far is that around the atlanta area or you'd, what part of georgia is that in? so you'd fly into hilton head airport oh okay it was right in savannah yeah and then about 20 minutes south uh to black creek okay and you'd see our brand new uh manufacturing facility there okay that's Wait. where i'm going no they're nice uh, range go. day they're gonna have it's in fleming georgia okay 
So I'm going to fly into the Savannah, like you said. Yeah. And, so carve out some time, man. We'll we'll get you down to the uh, okay down to the plant. That's going to be. Uh, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. First part of November. Sounds good. So yeah, maybe we could uh, definitely double up on that. Great. So so people want to obviously your website is DanielDefense.com. Sure is. Uh, social meds at Daniel Defense. Uh, yes, sir. Okay. So we got a, a, a really good social media team. Uh, we just launched our uh, our apparel website, which is kind of cool. Oh, okay. So it's a Daniel Defense store. Um, you can get to it from DanielDefense.com. Get a hoodie, t-shirt, hat, t-shirt. Hat. Yeah, exactly. All, all the all the stuff. All the stuff, man. All the swag. Yeah, man. And uh, uh, all the fun swag. The marketing team's doing a great job uh, putting out some new stuff, some new content there, shirts, all that stuff. So cool. Yeah, good man. deal. Well, man, I appreciate you taking the time, Jake. Yeah, we and appreciate you. You did Mark. a good job, man, for your first time. It's really? A, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. that. I mean, you flowed like you were a pro, man. Dang. All right, cool. That, that was awesome. So do you have your own personal social meets that people can follow you or you want people to follow you? Um. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm on uh, the uh, Instagram world right now. All right. Um, uh, it's just uh, the last Lithuanian. The uh, last little, yeah, we were talking about, yeah. do you want to talk about your last name? That yeah, was a pretty funny story. So, so you'll see, uh, last name is Windglass. Um, yeah, I was like, what kind of name is Windglass? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> is, are you connect, Are you related yeah. to the Windex family? Yes, yeah, seriously, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've been putting out uh, uh, blue juice for years. Right? So, <laughs> blue juice. Um, now, my my my, uh, my grandfather, he was a uh, he came over from Lithuania. Yeah. Uh, real last name is Javingalis, and uh, he decided to try to normalize that a little bit. And so, <laughs> With wind glass. Yeah. <laughs> so he dropped the Z, added an S, and uh, that's pretty much uh, where we are today. There so, you go. Yeah, so man. a made up last name. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't even exist. So you know, it's not even a real name. Where's yeah. my family crest, man? Come yeah. On. Seriously. Right, so but that's interesting. So your your grandfather was uh, first generation to come over here. First gen, yeah. So uh, I'm generation three. So I still got a what a quarter and flown through my veins here, which is pretty sweet. There you go. And uh, was your grandmother also Lithuanian? Oh yes. Okay. Yep. So they uh, immigrated to uh, Springfield, Virginia. And, uh, and basically, uh, he went, joined the uh, Marine Corps and he was in for a hell of a long time. He made it all the way to three star Lieutenant General. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. So he was in for a hot minute and, uh, which is cool. He's because, in for a long minute. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, is he still around? He's still around. He's, uh, oh, dude, I would love to get him on the show. Uh, he's a hell of a guy. I so, bet he's got some stories to tell. Oh man, absolutely. He's uh, down in Florida with his wife and uh, enjoying life. Huh? Seriously, man, he is. He's uh, uh, rolling around in the golf carts and uh, drinking gin and tonics and uh, <laughs> just, just uh, <laughs> as I he should, it. as he should, man. Absolutely. So that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk. Let's let's try to get him on the show. I think that'd be a good a good time if he if he would do it. I'm sure he would. Get a three star general. Oh yeah, you kidding me? Yeah, he's a cool guy, man. That would be awesome. So very good. Jake, again, thank you so much. Thank you, Marty. Daniel Defense. Uh, check them out. Website DanielFitz.com. And again, go show them the Lead Head Brigade love. Let them know that you heard about them here on the show. And if you got questions or anything like that, then yeah. just uh, the first, what is it? First Lithuania? Uh, the last Lithuania. <laughs> the last Lithuania. It, yeah, it was a playoff, The Last Mohicans. Yeah. yeah. It was a great movie. Yeah. And, uh, um, so yeah, man, that's a long one, but it is. And for our listeners who don't know how to spell Lithuanian, how yeah, <laughs> would yeah. you spell that? Google it. Google it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. All right, lads, we got more coming from the 2021 Flea Oa National Conference here in Warwick, Rhode Island. Rhode Island. 
of all places. Brought to you by Fed Protection and Fleoa. All right, Leadheads. We've got our next interview here at the 2021 Fleoa National Conference in Warwick, Rhode Island. Say that fast. Say it. Warwick, Rhode Island. Say it three times fast. Warwick, Rhode Island. <laughs> it's a little tongue twister. That's tough. Tell you. That's tough. Especially this early in the afternoon. <laughs> right before lunch. Where our minds are like, mm, what's for lunch? What's for lunch? Joining me now, we've got Thomas Kane with Enforce. And Thomas, you've never been on the show before, have you? No, this is the first time. I mean, we've we've met each other, what, like four years ago, five years ago? I think it's closer to like two. But Didn't it we feels like. Here? No. You've never been to the no. Fleo Conference? The only time I met you was in BDU. Was it? At the Big Daddy Unlimited? Big Daddy Unlimited. Okay, I thought yeah. we'd met prior to well, that. Well, we just get along well, so it feels like we, we have do. a long history. We're like lifetime buddies. Yeah. Yeah. And soon to be. Yeah. We're going to be doing a little COD, a yep. little Call of Duty. A fellow, fellow Call of duty Yeah, but I suck. And <laughs> I do, too. That's all. It's just fun. We'll get along great. Yep. Nick will hate us, but we'll get along great. <laughs> <laughs> so... So Enforce, uh, for you lead heads that aren't familiar with Enforce, I don't know why you wouldn't be. They're the uh, Tactical Light Company. Yes, we are. Uh, this is the one that I'm running on my uh, G19 right now. Nice. Uh, thanks to you. Thank you. Um, just just now, I two years ago, I guess, mm-hmm. a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. when I got that. Yep. The battery's just now kind of petering out on it. So you need to shoot more though. Well. <laughs> What are you talking about? I shoot great. I shoot it all the time. Well, yes, we, but we, I do need up, to shoot more. We have an upgrade for right. you, though, because we're looking at the – that was the APLC at that time. That's been discontinued, so we're working on the uh, the Wild One now. Which and that's is what we're going to talk about. So let's talk about the Wild One. Sure. Sure. The Wild One is our uh, new-to-the-market uh, uh, compact light. It's uh, 500 lumens, runs on a CR123. We shifted from polymer to uh, – just a 661 aluminum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the market was calling for something a little bit more durable, mm-hmm. a little bit more uh, heavy duty. Yeah. Uh, not that we had any brighter. With, yeah, brighter. brighter we, did, we did add 500 lumens compared to the 200 lumens that we had before. Yeah. And then uh, heat dissipation is good with uh, your, your aluminum and your metals. It, so that because Versus you're going up the in polymers. Yeah. If you're going up in lumens, then you're going to have heat. That's just. That's just given. Yeah, yeah, you can't make it without physics. Yep. So uh, we stayed with our similar paddles that are ambidextrous uh, right out of the box. Uh, Yeah, I did say that right. You did say that right the first time. A lot of people add that extra I in there, and it's ambidextrous. Ambidextrous. It's ambidextrous. Amba. Amba. Ambidextrous. Yep. So uh, that being said, we have uh, nice heat dissipation. We've gotten up into the 500 lumens, which we personally, as a company, feel is a good compact light lumen there is and how did you come across that decision because i've heard different light companies talk about how they decide the lumens for a light that they're doing i think that you know you're the size you want to be in a certain size point Mm -hmm. uh and size does uh does have an effect on how you can make that reflector and get that light and what power source that you're going to use. So with the CR123, the size that we wanted to be in, uh, 500 was kind of that middle of the road lumen count that we were kind of shooting for. Yeah. And I guess the research you, you put into that too is 
obviously it's a drain on the battery the more lumens you exactly know, that, you could have a light that's 600 800 a thousand lumens probably in that package with the right led and chipset yeah but it's going to last three minutes right so there is a balance yeah. you know power so then you're usually having to add another battery yeah and then typically. now you're a bigger light and now right. you're not a compact anymore exactly and then we did do that in our secondary uh, more full-size light where we went up to a thousand lumens two cr123s uh, like i said a thousand lumens and uh, we get about an hour and a half battery life out of that. Okay. So the trade-off is size versus output. And if you want a compact light, you can only go so big. But yeah. I think there's other companies out there and to each their own. But we find that 500 is a nice middle of the road, not too bright, not too dull yeah. um, uh, compromise. And typically these are going to be on handguns. So the distance that you're going to need that too comes into play. I mean, you're not going to be looking out typically to, you know, a hundred yards or something no, like that. No, no. Yeah. It's close quarters. It's going to be close, close CQB type stuff. And I think the, the, the issue that I find in speaking to, you know, law enforcement is when it's too bright, you're shining off of, you know, windows. You're mirrors. blinding yourself. If you have a semi-gloss white wall, that's going to be very washed out and it's going to give... Uh, less benefit to the user yeah. uh, by washing their pupils and making them shrink and, and, and blinding them. So, uh, again, I don't know where the, 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 the ladder is that they're all trying to be. I don't know if it's a testosterone thing or, you know, that, but Lumen seems like is the, uh, the more is better. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't think Enforce agrees with that. We're, we like a nice, good light at a little bit lower yeah i had a discussion with a a company not too long ago and we were talking about that very thing it's like sometimes a a light can be too bright yeah it it can defeat the purpose It's detrimental to the user and not it defeats what you're trying to do in the first place is gain a moment or two of uh disorientation of the 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 you know of your target yeah and give you the benefit or the advantage yeah so so the new one is called say, uh, Wild One and Wild Two are our newest lights. It stands for Weapon Integrated Light Device. Uh, we run in a patch that uh, uses awesome. some imagery of uh, some, some famous childhood. characters. Yeah, yeah, uh, rhymes with uh, the Greek god Zeus if yeah. he was a doctor. If he- <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then it's a little play on words. Uh, the limited. Uh, so when we give those out, it's kind of. It's kind of a nice thing because there's not many of them out there. Yeah, and we're, we're trying cool. to get a little more character in the Enforce uh, culture and uh, trying to have a little bit more fun. There you go. It's but, all about. Uh, yeah, we have the Wild One and the Wild Two. The Wild One uses one CR One Two Three, and the Wild Two. And the one that I've got, it uses the the smaller battery. You have it's a, not the CR One Two Three. Yep, you have an APLC, and that ran off of the CR Two. Yeah. What? changed for us being in polymer you have to make the walls a little thicker there's some structural things that you have to kind of do to make something out of polymer not flex and and change shape with metal it's a little bit more the uh, the integrity of that metal Mm -hmm. so you can make thinner walls you don't have to do as much that way we almost stayed in the same footprint but we added a larger battery yeah and if honestly a lot of people see the the new wild two or wild one and say well i have one of those well, they're not on the market, so I know exactly don't what they're talking about. They have the APLC. Yeah, which is the one that I have. And I didn't realize that it was polymer, I don't guess. The old one, yeah. The yeah. old one was polymer, and the new one is 6061. Very cool. So you also, you guys also do rifle we lights. Do. We do. We, uh, we have the WML and the WMLX. Both of those do a white light or white light and IR. 
if you're not familiar, our light has kind of a ramp that your thumb sits on that is very ergonomic. Uh, it's where your thumb kind of wants to be. Right. Uh, and you can mount that top 12 o'clock or it's got that nice slant that yeah so it's works it's, into your thumb it's it's built in it's almost like a built-in pressure pad yeah it cuts out a lot of the uh got one right here yeah it's got fact. one right in his hand yeah that's yeah. our wmlx runs on two cr123s and lumen count is 800 800 800 lumens Very and nice. little hint we're, we're we're gonna increase that a little bit because like you said 800 close up is great you know somewhat in indoors would be a little bright but when we're outdoors we want to reach out a little further mm -hmm. so we're going to try to get that up a couple more lumens and maybe cross that 1000 1200 plane no nice. promises but that's where we're thinking again uh, goals goals are goals good are to good. have goals are good you know you got to have goals looking to improve and make things better and that's what you guys are doing and we have a nice system that you know it's pretty much toolless that you can change that out in a matter of seconds and get that to a different mounting system. And we like the fact that if you have a pressure pad, it's sort of user specific. It's mm -hmm. to your style where it is, where your placement is. Um, and that's fine. I have no problems with that. I love running a pressure pad. This light just kind of takes that mess out of the, the equation and makes right. it a little more simpler, maybe makes it a little more uh, universal to many users. Mm -hmm. And uh, if somebody grabs your system, they're going to be familiar with it and it's going to be in a fairly universal sure. placement yeah it's all about the familiar familiarity yeah, try that three times blah, 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 blah. right <laughs> so so um we want to hear a little bit about you and your background so what were you doing prior to enforce well, that's kind of funny because i was a school nurse a school yeah, nurse I'm, a, I'm a rn by trade and i got into firearms and and really liked it so I started learning about trauma and trauma care, and I got certified in Massachusetts as a, uh, they call it officer down rescue. And so working with police officers on how to treat themselves with tourniquets, uh, you know, different um, blood, not blood clotting, but uh, blood stopping products mm -hmm. and really getting our uh, men and women in law enforcement up to speed that they can take care of themselves under those circumstances. And how long did you do that? Uh, still doing it. Still, still doing, it. doing it. Yeah, it's been uh, like three or four years now. Okay. I was a trauma nurse, so uh, it just seemed right that I understood the physiology and the physicality of trauma right. and to take that with the firearms and kind of marry the two and, uh, and, and I enjoy it. Yeah. And I, I like giving back to our men and women. They deserve everything and anything that we can do for them, uh, especially now with how they're absolutely being looked upon yeah in, in today's in environment society. more important than ever that we have individuals like you and organizations like flioa that they really look after our our men law enforcement men and women yeah. definitely it was passionate to me i also do government stuff so i'm also very passionate to make sure that our men and women overseas and and here as well have the right equipment because sometimes they're not getting the support uh, right. you know, from, from their own entities. So we try to help them out as much as, as Now, what possible. got you into the firearms? I just really liked guns like every other kid. And uh, little little truth be told, I didn't think I could get an LTC in my state because yeah. I had gotten in trouble when I was a young man. So <laughs> I put it off for such a long time. And uh, when I finally applied, they said, that's not even on your record. So I was like, ah, could have started sooner. Right. But I love it. I love shooting. I like everything about it. I'm more of a uh, practical shooter. It's defensive. I'm not really a target guy. I don't want to put a yeah. two, two, three up a fly's butthole at a hundred <laughs> yards. But uh, but it's fun. It is fun. You yeah, know, not for the fly. <laughs> yeah, screw flies. Uh, but I love working with people. I teach um, basic 
firearm safety um, through the NRA and stuff, um, which I don't put a lot of cred on that. Sure. They've, yeah. they've gone kind of quite But antiqu- the fact that you go above and beyond that outside of that mentality, I guess, of thinking and training, you you know, you pay for your own training and go to courses and take, and take things too. So hundred percent that, you know, that was something that I love to hear uh, about you. You were telling me, um, you're telling us yesterday about this training, um, one of these training courses that you went to with, I think they were law enforcement or they might've been military. Oh guys. yeah. 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 T- talk about that. Tell that <laughs> well, story. That I, I feel bad because I don't want to badmouth anybody. I think that we'll, we'll leave tra- names out of it. Tra- training in for some officers is, you know, it's they don't spend a lot of money on it. And, uh, sometimes they're limited to, you know, two qualifications a year. Yeah. So I, I have a big beard and I wear the right gear and I'm lucky beard enough. brothers. Yep. Lucky enough to have, you know, access to good stuff you know so i look kind of squared away and i'm shooting and i'm hitting 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 and this poor gentleman was just struggling at hitting some targets and so the instructor kind of used me as an example of how to shoot and good foundation or fundamentals so the guy comes up to me and i'm working as a school nurse at the time yeah and uh but i'm bearded and i'm tattooed and i'm got like a shemog around my neck and i just look like i just dropped in from you know somewhere Afghanistan. yeah exactly you know and uh he goes so what do you do for a living I'm a school nurse. He goes, nah. <laughs> nah. He's got like a heavy Boston accent. He's like, nah, you got to be shitting me and, you know, whatnot. And he's just just feeling bad about himself. And finally, you know, he's like, uh, after going back and forth, CIA. And I'm not saying I'm all that in a bag of chips, but I, I shoot better than the average Joe. Right. Uh, and so finally he says, you really a school nurse? And I go, yeah. And it is in my worst or best Boston accent. He goes, ah, fuck me. <laughs> fuck and he was so, you know, dejected or yeah, rejected he was distraught and, over yeah, that he's yeah, getting you know, outshot by a nurse by a nurse <laughs> male nurse by just, the way which just makes male me nurse, very, yeah. it just rubs the this is radio you know but yeah. uh yeah no but I, I i like giving back and i like being able to have the freedoms to train the way i want and how i want when i want and then to try to give back that as a civilian and especially on the medical side I mean, uh, it's a dangerous world out there, and these guys are getting, men and women are getting hurt, and I, I want them to be able to care for themselves so they can go back to their families. Yeah, It's absolutely. plain and simple. That's my drive. So what uh, what are you running? What's your handgun? What's uh, your carry? I run a, uh, I run the SIG 320 with an, uh, if I can do a shameless plug, with the Icarus yeah. uh, hand grip. They do, a, they do an aluminum billet hand grip that works really well with SIG's um, okay. uh, FCU, their firing control, which makes it great because it's removable um, with a Delta Point. Uh, pro sitting on top and my rifle is just a Frankenstein it's an FN barrel with you know a Colt follower and when uh, you built yourself uh, I had it built um, just because I wanted everything to be very well done there's right. you know if you don't get the right gas coming through you can have hiccups so I just had somebody do it right. as a friend but he's an armor and a, and a shop owner cool and uh, you know, it's a simple gun it's not fancy as there's nothing Gucci about my stuff uh, as a matter of fact one day I had a brand new pistol on the range and I dropped it and this guy was like <gasps> you go what dude like, what, like, you just dropped your gun you know well it, fortunately it wasn't one of those sigs that when you dropped <laughs> um, but he's like you scratched it and I'm like I think they got past that I'm not sure I don't think we can be friends what are you worried about getting scratches on your gun? It's like a, like an old pocket knife that you've had in your pocket for years. Yeah, if you're afraid to get it dirty, you're going to be afraid we're to not, use it. We're not good. We're not good with each other, yeah. you know? So we don't need to talk anymore. I took it apart and threw it down the range on gravel, and it was, purpose. like, horrified. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It like things are good. Scars, chicks dig scars. That's why they make paint. Yeah, exactly. That's why Cerakote exists. Yeah, absolutely. Come on, son. 
So what uh, what holster are you running? Uh, Safari Lands. Uh, I run a lot of Safari Lands for outside the waistband. A lot of people run Safari Lands. Yeah. Yeah, well, it works well with our light. You know, they have that. I don't know what they call it, but the basket. You know, where the light sits, mm-hmm. it fits really well. And then uh, I'm an A and R fan. Uh, they're out of uh, New Hampshire. Okay. Uh, I like their stuff. And also Tenacore. What are, what's A and R doing? A and R is the, a holster maker. Palmer. Yeah, uh, the Kydex. The Kydex. The Kydex. Uh, yep, yep, yep. So uh, yeah, they were doing dump trays as well and business card holders, but uh, he's gone. Not as good as Mission First Tactical sponsors of. Talking nice. About. <laughs> so nice. We had some uh, event made up um, for Mission First Tactical. The card holders, and we did They're some beautiful. dump trays. It's got. Flioa's logo on their Feds uh, protection logo and Talking Leads logo, and we got like the thin blue line and uh, the American flag on there. So they did Mission First did a really good job on those. So, they do good stuff. Yeah, they do. They do really good stuff in, in their lane. You know, they're really good at their stuff. Well, be good at what you're doing. Right. You know, uh, sometimes do I think well. companies get a little carried away and go get outside yeah, their expertise. You know, yeah. You know, making jewelry and earrings. And, you yeah. know, go back to what you know and do it well. We were just, I was just had another gentleman on, like I said, which company it was, but that's kind of what they realized and they kind of scaled back on some of the things that they're, yeah, they're saying, manufacturing now. There's that saying, you know, master of, of none. There is more to that saying. It's actually much longer and I can't quote it because I don't remember, but it's not just master of all or jack of all trades master of none yeah there's more to it it's a little bit deeper but stay focused and and do something really well and focus on that and make a good product there you go well thomas it's uh, been great having you on for your first interview i would love to uh, to get uh, matt on maybe we'll do a live or something like that with you guys yeah, um, absolutely but uh, the website is www.enforce-mil.com Okay, enforce mill, and what about your social meds? I think we're enforce one Okay, and we're not on Facebook right now. Not on the Facebook. We don't do the Facebooks. I don't blame you. But we're enforce one on Instagram. All right, on the grams. On the grams. I was going to pull it up here real quick, but I'm not quick about it. I think it's enforce one. Verify Instagram, Instaface. <laughs> I N F R C I. Musical interlude. That one right there? That's the one. A one, right? I think it's just one. Nope, it's zero one. Zero. Right. I don't have my glasses on. Oh. You got yours on. Yeah, that's it. There it is. Yep. And I'm following. So there you go. Awesome. 200,000 followers. Man, would you share some of those with me? Okay. <laughs> Send some of your All right. your followers over to the Leadhead Brigade. Oh, they're not man. mine. They're just... Uh, oh, they're, yeah. They're, that's the only reason they have them is because of you, brother. <laughs> going to those campgrounds and recruiting. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll have Thomas back on again uh, another episode, and we'll talk about his uh, camping... What's the word I'm looking for? Experiences? Not experiences, but, you know, your... Camp life? You're camping. Uh, f- f- you're very. What's the word I'm looking for? Campy? Campy. He's campy. I'm woodsy. He's just woodsy. We'll talk about some I of those glam. It's so funny. But yeah, I would love to be here again. And our and our COD experience that we're gonna we're gonna get on this weekend and do a little Halloween COD. So <laughs> it's gonna be a blast. <laughs> we're nerds. All right, Leadheads, uh, we'll be back with more from the 2021 FLEOA National Conference here in Rhode Island, presented by Feds Protection. All right, guys, we are back at the 2021 FLEOA Conference here in Warwick, Rhode Island. And uh, joining me today is Kevin Spies. There he is, Kevin Spies with Geisley Automatics. 
and uh, we got some uh, cool things that he's going to talk to you leadheads about. Uh, some of this stuff is military, law enforcement specific, but as always, they try to make it available to the civilian market uh, eventually. So, uh, Kevin, welcome in. Thanks uh, for joining us. Thank you for having me. How are you enjoying the conference so far? Oh, it's been great. It's beautiful out. Rhode, is this your first time in Rhode Island? First time to Rhode Island. Mine too. Yeah. Never so you're been. over in PA, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So you're not too far away. I guess you still had to fly over here, right? No, I, just, I, I took a took a car ride up. Took a car? Did you take an Uber? No, no, no. <laughs> Did you Uber I dro- it? I drove. It took, took about four and a half hours, but it, okay. no traffic and it was a beautiful day. That's not a bad drive at all. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so we haven't really had much time to sightsee. I mean, this is a nice hotel. That's about all I've been able to see. Um, but, uh, we did a live. So if you guys go to our Instagram live, we did a live with Kevin also. And, um, so you can see some of the stuff that we're talking about. So go to the Instagram live and and check some of this out. Uh, but let's verbally go through this for our, our audio listeners here. So you guys have a, um, improved upper that uh, you're offering. Let's talk about it. And it's the... UGI? U-R-G-I. U-R-G-I, yeah. yeah. So it stands for the Upper Receiver Group Improved. There you go. <laughs> and uh, this has actually been out of stock for for quite a while. And, you know, we're, we're just getting back on top of it and pumping these things back out. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a great offering. It has a lot of our parts that we, uh, we do right in-house. Yeah. Uh, from the Cold Hammer Forge barrel we do in-house, the uh, Bull Carrier Group, which is our... R-E-B-C-G. Okay. And the, uh, the charging rail, handles. Charging handle. And then... Uh, and you got some optional sights on this one. And I really like, I was telling you off air, I really like these sights that you guys have, these Geisley sights, because they're uh, they're not as fat as some of the other ones. Uh, and then when they're down, they're, they're very low profile, but they're easy to pop up and down too. Right. And uh, very durable. And one of the, you know, the biggest things with those are... Uh, the features that they they have is that they actually lock in the up position, mm-hmm. so uh, no they, movement whatsoever. Right, so they they quickly deploy to to get up, and then once they're up, they're they're they're, up. they're locked there. There's yeah. no movement, so if you bang them into the wall or whatever, they're they're going to stay up and uh, and not you know fail you when you need them. Yeah, like I said, there is no wiggle in those whatsoever. So they're awesome and like I said, easy up easy down you just uh, do the spring tension release i guess to get them down yes yep. i'll figure it out <laughs> i was going the wrong way with it there we go um newbie newbie yeah and these these uh these uppers are still coming with the surefire sf4ps which are you know the four prong yeah, yeah seems the, to be everybody's favorite very rare and uh kind of scarce to get <laughs> Isn't everything these days? Oh, yeah. Everything's stuck in port, right? <laughs> yep. You ask where it is, it's, uh, it's in port. That's their excuse <laughs> these days. Now, your, uh, your Super Duty um, Super Duty rifle that you guys have, this was your introductory rifle back three years ago into the market, the AR market, and uh, it's still going strong. So talk about uh, maybe some of the newer things that's going on with this. Yeah, absolutely. So um, your biggest unique thing is, you know, Everything, you know, 98% of everything on this rifle we do in-house. Um, you know, from the upper, the lower, the barrels, the bulk carrier groups, uh, even down to the takedown pins. Triggers. 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 Yeah. The, now, on these, there's something a little unique about your, uh, your hand guard to the upper that you guys have implemented into this to, to get a little more uh, 
secure lock when uh, you're putting your optics and just to make a better fit. Let's talk about that. Yes. So when we machine the uppers and the rails to these, we machine them together. And what we do is we actually make a cut on the top of the the upper where the, the picatinning rail section is, yeah. uh, where there's a locking tab on the rail that, you know, locks into it. Kind of so like a jigsaw puzzle. Exactly. Uh, so we haven't heard that before, have we? <laughs> <laughs> so it, ke- it keeps it from rotating. Damn, deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> Keep, keeps it from rotating uh, keeps everything zeroed so if you're running any type of lights lasers IR devices yeah. uh, you don't have to worry about it shifting on you uh, and then uh, just a little extra uh, level of of security and, and the, there's no wiggle keeps the wiggle out of it exactly yep and then uh, on this one on the rail I actually have our rail our, our plastic rail panel covers on it so okay keeps you keeps getting a, a good grip on it yeah uh, also grippy yeah also keeps it from uh heating up on your hand a little bit so uh very cool and then uh i don't know if you've seen we also have our new uh, i was going to ask you about the grips here so you guys are doing grips now too huh yes so that one's our more of a traditional a2 style uh angle grip where we also are getting ready to come out with more of a more vertical style grip. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's very, uh, it's not overly aggressive, but it's got, you know, it's got the texture in there. And then it's got that little, just that little cutout up there for the palm, yep. or your thumb and your forefinger where they meet up there. Yeah, and, and on the back shape, there's, there's sort of a little hump on it that yeah, actually fits, fits your palm very well. Yeah, I like that. It's pretty comfortable. Yeah. So I guess you guys uh, just sell the grips too. If people want to, you know, do Frankenstein builds, they could. Yes. Yeah. So that's one of the beautiful things with, you know, with doing everything in house, you could purchase the rifle completely assembled. Or if you're doing, like you said, a Frankenstein build and you you just want to piece together and interchange parts, you could take, you know, whatever favorite parts you, you like of the rifle and then build it up, you know, However, you, However like. you like it. Yeah, that's that's what I love. I love building my own stuff. But, you know, when you get one like that that's complete and you don't need to change anything on it, yeah. it's Absolutely. got everything you need right there <laughs> oh, yeah. on the Super Duty rifle. Uh, so, Geisley.com, there's yes, a Geisley Automatics. Geisley.com. So, Geisley.com, and for those who can't spell it like I can, I'm looking at his shirt. It's G-E-I-S-S-E-L-E. There so, you go. So unless their apparel company jacked that up. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that is correct. Uh, and it's at Geisley.com. Dot com and then social media at Geisley Automatics or just Geisley? Uh, I believe just Geisley. Okay. And then, of course, their sister company, ALG. Defense. Defense. Dot com. Um, and then uh, their knife company, which we were talking about a little bit off air. You know, you guys are still doing the, the Abraham and Moses yes, line sir. of knives. You just haven't been able to focus much on them as yeah as with with, the with such a backlog that we've had we had to kind of pull all the resources had to prioritize yeah yep uh, it makes sense but, but those, those are some nice knives that, yeah uh, and we're going to be getting back on that uh we should be you know over the backlog very shortly now uh and then you know refocusing back to alg and also abram aben mo Aben Mo, that's it. Aben Mo, I remember that. So, anything that we can look forward to, maybe you can can hint around to that's coming from from Geisley. I, I don't know if it was this this take or the the first take. Um, 
that you guys are looking maybe getting into the AR-10 market, like a 308 or the 65 Creedmoor, you know, something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know how much I can say without getting in trouble, but yeah, yeah. you know, if, if you're looking on our social media and, and stuff like that, uh, there, there's a lot of hints there. Okay. <laughs> All right. There you go. Enough said there. What about anything else? Anything maybe trigger wise? I know you guys uh, haven't really done anything new on the triggers, but uh. no, not not recently. Um, you know, it, it, the biggest thing was the uh, the Super Seven Hundred for the Remington Seven Hundred triggers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been very popular. We've got been getting really good feedback from those. Uh, and then also the the newer trigger triggers that come in the rifles. Uh, so these are kind of a unique trigger that you that we don't sell individually. Oh, okay. Uh, th- this is what we call our lightning bow trigger. So this is a this one that's in here is a SSA trigger, but it's got this unique trigger bow for that. Uh, yeah, the I lightning like bow. that. Um, so that that's only available. Uh, right it's now. like a hybrid between a flat and a curved. You know, it's right. And actually, like it's it. almost like the AK triggers. So the AK triggers. Yeah, are actually, I was going to uh, say I love it. The ALG yeah. um, AK triggers, and so do our listeners and. Uh, they've been fortunate enough because you guys donated some to the show and that we've given them, uh, given them out to our listeners. So Yes. Uh, they are very appreciative of you guys in support of the show over the years. So thank you so much for oh, thank you for taking for care support. of the Leadheads. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So Leadheads, go check them out. Go to their social medias. Go to their website. Let them know how much you appreciate uh, all the innovation and, and cool stuff that they're putting out. And, uh, you know, the giveaways that they do for you Leadheads. Maybe they'll do more in the future yes sir <laughs> <laughs> all right guys we will be back with more from the 2021 flioa conference here it's the national conference here in warwick rhode island presented by feds protection all right leadheads i hope you enjoyed those interviews we had a great time doing them at the uh, 2021 national conference there for the flioa federal law enforcement officers association in rhode island and uh, looking forward to the next one. And you guys do it like every two years, every year and a half, something like that. So Correct. Uh, yep. I think I, I misspoke I, and I said I went to the last four years, but it's the last four events that you had. So remind our listeners one more time, uh, FLEOA, where they can go get the information, especially our federal law enforcement listeners. And then, of course, John, with the foundation, is that something that citizens – can get involved with, or is that strictly just for federal law enforcement officers? It, in, in terms of the help, it, it's primarily focused on providing immediate immediate support for a federal officer killed in a line of duty, injured in a line of duty, or facing a, a severe medical challenge or their immediate family. We are a no bureaucracy, no bullshit, get money quickly as a first responder, to first responders, get them support, get them through, triage them through that first month or couple of months where they're all alone and struggling. And that's our primary focus. But again, we're also uh, heavily involved in the Smash Stigma Save Lives initiative for suicide prevention and awareness for not just law enforcement, the military, but for everyone. You know, don't, if you're any of your listeners, if you guys are hurting and you need help, Find the help. It's there. Uh, don't let anybody make you think you're any less because you need the help. So anybody can contribute to the FLEO Foundation. It's a 501c3, which in fancy IRS speak means it's a charity. 
and your tax donation or your your donations are tax deductible. So you can hit on that again through the FLEO website on a link or go directly to the fleoafoundation.org. Appreciate any and all support. Very good. Bill? Yes, sir. It was uh, great to have you out there along. Um, and thanks to Feds. Thank you, Tony and Brenda, for bringing you out. Um, if any of y'all out there listening, uh, you don't have professional liability insurance, I would strongly suggest it. No sense why you wouldn't, as a federal employee or federal law enforcement officer, carry Feds protection. So you can get. Hey, Marty? Yeah. Yeah, the, the add-on piece and should have occurred to me quicker is for, for us retired folks and those who are are well-immersed in LEOSA, the Law Enforcement Officer Safety Act, they also offer a policy for retired officers as well who are carrying by virtue of LEOSA. So, you know, I, and really Brother Bill nailed it with the same, the same sort of caveat about putting on your body armor, take your body armor and your feds protection, don't leave home without it. But for the retiree folks out there, for officers, and I'm not sure what the limitations are in terms of who's eligible, but it's worth taking a look uh, on their website, which is at fedprotection.com. But yes. take a look for your retired folks, because we definitely want to make sure we're protected as well if we're in a situation where we need to deploy our firearm. And we know how the uh, news media treats us. We know how the local politicians treat us. So you can't go out there naked without having that form of protection from feds, uh, feds protection is critically important. Absolutely. Very well said. Very well said. So Leadheads, that does it for another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. Make sure you go and support all those companies that make this show possible, including Mission First Tactical. Go to their website, use the code LEADHEAD, get 20% off. SEAL1.com, SEAL1CLP. Uh, just uh, me and Bill were talking there a minute ago. He's got a couple of guns that have got a little rust on them just sitting there in his office. Need to get him a dehumidifier from lockdown, but also if you uh, clean them with SEAL 1, that's really going to go a long way in protecting uh, your firearms against rust. You go to SEAL1.com, Leadhead, get 25% off. Nemo Arms. Nemo Arms has uh, very high-quality firearms. They do rifles. They do pistols. They do shotguns. They even do cans suppressors and uh like i said these aren't just your 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 cheap quick guns that they knock out these are really high quality firearms worth the price worth every penny of it but they're going to save you some pennies use the code tl10 you're going to get 10 percent off firearms included anything on their website 10 percent off at nemoarms.com and then factory 47 for our ak corner Apparel, go to Factory 47, use the code LEADHEAD, get 10% off. Uh, the episode coming up after this one is our 11th episode of Season 3 of the Talking Lead AK Corner. And I know you guys are going to enjoy it. We've got a lot of uh, competition shooters on that have been taking part in some of these AK-specific competitions throughout the nation. And uh, we get those guys on, talk about their experiences, their kit, their gear, and the events themselves are like none other. If you've never been to an AK uh, competition, they're not comp they're events, and you know the turnout on them is great, and they treat everybody really well. Even the the, the non participants usually walk away with some very cool prizes at those events too. 
So that's coming the 15th. Make sure you check that out, talking about AK Corner. That's our 11th episode of 12, so one away uh, from our final episode of Season 3. And then Keltech, keltechweapons.com, and at Keltech on the social meds. They have, and that's one of the guns Bill and I were talking about. He's, it's his Sub-2000. He has a Keltec Sub-2000 and 40 cal. He's got this Gen 2 40 cal. And uh, Bill, how's that been running for you, buddy? Oh, fantastic. I love that thing. You were right back in the day. Bill, get yourself a, a Keltec Sub-2000. Best gun you ever have. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So props to you. And I used to have a 40 cal. I had a I had a 40 cal, and I put all the different aftermarket accessories on it. And um, I traded it for something. I can't remember what I traded it for. But I've got two nine mils. I've got a Gen one nine, and I've got a Gen two nine millimeter in the sub 2000. And they have recently come out. If you haven't heard, they've got an integrally suppressed sub 2000 now nine millimeter that you can get one tax stamp. Uh, still all the functionality where it folds. You can store it in your backpack. So even your dog agrees, Bill. Oh, your, yeah. Is that your yeah, dog? They're both losing it right now. Tell Kaiser to shut up. <laughs> yeah, Coda's got the louder bark, but geez, somebody's home. But. So Bill's getting oh, robbed know. right now. <laughs> well, it's a good time to use a sub-2000, right? He's a, exactly. It's a great home defense gun. Uh, but check out everything Keltec has to offer with their bullpups, their shotguns, their pistols, uh, and their swag. They've got some cool swag there at Keltec too. Keltecweapons.com. All right, guys. Again, thank you so much for taking the time to be on, dogs included. So next time we have Bill on, we'll make sure the dogs are kenneled, and uh, have, we'll have a quiet background. But until then, Leadheads, uh, make sure you check out our website, www.talkingled.com. Hit us up on the social meds. And as always, shoot me uh, emails if you have questions, suggestions for topics, uh, or just feedback in general. I love hearing from the Leadheads, talkinglead at gmail.com. And until then, as always, keep your loved ones close. And your firearms closer. Lead strong, baby.